Good evening uh, to our ACB radio membership, uh, our ACB membership, I should say, listening on ACB radio, and to our ACB board of directors. Uh, welcome to the March 30th uh, ACB board of directors meeting focused on the emergency uh, crisis with the coronavirus and how it impacts our 2020 ACB conference and convention. Uh, we're going to go ahead and uh, call the meeting to order. So the meeting is called to order at 8.34 p.m. Uh, and Next, I'm going to introduce Denise Colley to do the roll call and introduction of guests. Denise is our ACB secretary. Thank you, Dan. Dan Spoon? Here. Mark Reichert? Hello, can you hear me? Yes. yes. Great, thank you. Ray Campbell? Here. Denise Colley, I'm here. David Trott? Here. Kim Charlson? Here. Jeff Bishop? Here. Donna Brown? Here. Sarah Conrad? Here. Dylan? Here. Katie Frederick? Here. James Crott? Here. Doug Powell? Here. Patrick Sheehan? No, Patrick. Michael Talley? Here. Jeff Tom? Here. From the BOP, Deb Cook-Lewis? Here. From staff, Eric Bridges? Here. Clark Rackfall? Here. Uh, Claire Stanley? Here. Tony Stevens? Here. Kelly Gask? Here. Sharon Lovering? Nancy Becker? Here. And um, Janet Dickelman? Here. From Convention? Uh, Jason Kaskengway from ACV Radio? Here. Debbie Hazleton, ACV Radio? Here. John Huffman, Constitution and Bylaws? John McCann, Constitution and Bylaws? Here. Uh, Michael Garrett, ACB ES? Mr. Chair, that completes the call of the roll. Thank you, Denise. I think we have a quorum. I appreciate that. Uh, third, and if everybody could uh, mute themselves, I'll go through the agenda. And then if anybody has any corrections or additions uh, uh, related to the agenda, that would be, uh, we'll, we'll take them up after we read the uh, review and approval of the agenda. So that's item number three. So if we start through the agenda, uh, item number one was call to order by Dan Spoon, president. Two was roll call and introduction of guests, Denise Colley, secretary. C is review and approval of the agenda, Dan Spoon. D is review and approval of the February 22nd, 
DC ACB Board of Directors meeting minutes. Five is the ACB Mission Moment with Dan Spoon and Eric Bridges. And it's really to recognize the coronavirus and how our ACB staff and members have responded to that. Six is decision on the venue for the 2020 ACB Conference and Convention. A underneath that is the hotel contract status, uh, impacts uh, of the contract. B is understanding the health and safety risks for our ACB members and other convention attendees. C is understanding our ACB attorney's opinion, legal opinion. Uh, D is executive committee motion. And E is discussion and decision on the 2020 ACB conference and convention venue. Seven is impacts of the convention decision. A is con convention committee impacts from Janet Dickelman. B is constitution and bylaw impacts, John Huffman and John McCann. C, <clears throat> excuse me. C is ACB Radio Steering Committee Impacts, Jeff Bishop. D is Board of Publication Impacts, Deb Cook-Lewis. E is Scholarship and Awards Steering Committee Convention, I mean, uh, Decision Impacts um, <clears throat> uh, with um, Oh my God. <laughs> with Cindy Van Winkle. Excuse me. Apologize for that. Uh, and F is other committee impacts. And then item number eight is the uh, overall financial impacts of the coronavirus on ACB. A is an investment uh, report from our investment committee chair and ACB treasurer, David Trott. B is a report from our ACB ES thrift store committee chair, uh, Michael Garrett. C, I'm now going to add an, an A and a B to that. The A of item C is an overall ex revenue and expense financial impact from Nancy Becker, our CFO, and B, this is new, this is how fast all this is moving, the B I would like to add to this with your all's approval is I would like to add uh, small business loan impacts from the recently passed legislative um, bill, CARES 3.0 by Tony Stevens, and then D, under number eight uh, is a uh, authorization perhaps for additional drawdown from our ACB board reserve fund. Nine, it gives us a chance for any additional board members to comment on any questions, concerns, thoughts they have with the coronavirus and our handling of it with inside of ACB leadership. 10, 
Our closing comments from Eric Bridges, Executive Director, and Dan Spoon, ACB President, and 11 is adjourned. So I now would ask everybody to unmute, and uh, are there any um, additions, uh, other additions or corrections to the uh, published agenda? Dan, Mr. President, I would move the uh, approval of the amended agenda. Okay, I, I think. Second. Uh, okay, so we've got a motion by David Trott, second by Jeff Bishop, and I think a point of discussion by Doug Powell. So go ahead, Doug. Thanks, Dan. Um, I believe this is a special meeting, a special emergency meeting, and um, under the uh, under, I think it's Robert's rules. Uh, special meeting, the only uh, business to be transacted during the meeting is that appropriate to the title, to the, the uh, reason the meeting was called. And uh, the only item that I heard um, in the agenda that does is not in that purview is the, uh, the approval of the minutes. So I respectfully submit that uh, the minutes is out of order for this particular meeting. Uh, okay, thank you. Mr. President. Uh, yes, Kim. Um, I would disagree with um, Doug's interpretation. I think that you gave significant notice of this meeting. Um, therefore, I don't think it constitutes as a special meeting. It was duly um, called with sufficient notice to qualify as a regular board meeting. It has a special topic among other subjects but I don't think it qualifies as a special meeting of the board of directors with a sole agenda item. It, we did have 14 days notice. I, I will say too, Doug, I, I, you know, and we'll, we'll, we'll take a, a, a vote. I guess we would take a vote if we have a second, but I, um, I think there is some value in, in approving the minutes in that one of the things that was approved uh, in our February 22nd Board of Directors meeting was an authorization for $150,000 of drawdown from the board reserve. And I think it's important for that to get finalized and codified because we are going to have to potentially build on that in this particular board meeting. So I'd like to see those meeting minutes be put out into uh, acb.org and to our membership so they could, uh, you know, have the, the transparency of the decisions that we made in, in the DC meeting. But um, I may need a little help with Robert's rules of order here. So I have uh, a motion from Doug. Do I need a second to consider it? Yeah, you would need a second to um, with to remove the minutes from this agenda, I think you would need a second to do that. So you, so what we would be doing is amending the motion to approve the agenda, and that motion, if it had a second, would be to remove the approval of the minutes from the uh, agenda. Well, I'd like to go back to Doug and say, Doug, would you be okay with us continuing to include the minutes, or do you still see a problem with them? No, it's fine. I, I, I'll, um, I will. Uh, I thought it was a point of order, which would be uh, ruled on by the parliamentarian. But um, since we don't have one uh, at the meeting, then I will, I'll, I'll take, I'll take that under advisement and uh, allow, you know, and, and not 
not push my point of order. Okay. Thank Dan you, Spoon. Doug. I appreciate that. Uh, Dan Spoon. Have... Yes. Who's this? Recognize this is Pat me. Sheehan. Hello, I couldn't Pat. get myself off mute earlier. I'm here. Okay. Thank you. Thank I got, you, Pat. I've got it. Thank you. Okay. Uh, all right. Hearing hearing no other uh, additions or corrections, uh, is every could I have a motion to approve the minutes? Do I have a second? Yes. We I already got the second, you right? Had you, had, you, you, had already had, you already had a second, Mr. Pope. Okay, yeah. so now I think we're ready for the vote. All those in favor, signify by saying aye. 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 Opposed? All right. Thank you so much. And now we'll turn it over to Denise for the review and approval of the February 2020 Board of Directors meeting minutes. And if Thank we can have people mute, please, that would be yes, terrific. And if everybody please could please mute besides Denise at this point. Thank you. Um, the February 22nd, 2020 minutes were sent out. Um, there were a few slight spelling and punctuation corrections and a few word corrections that were made. And thank you so much to Kim for being my proofreader. Um, those were resent out yesterday afternoon with those minor corrections. So hearing that, I would entertain a motion to accept the uh, February 22nd, 2020 Board of Directors, ACB Board of Directors meeting minutes. So moved. So moved. This is Kim. Second. Okay, so Jeff. Kim moved and Kim Jeff moved. seconded. Yes. Jeff Jeff Tom or Jeff Fisher? Tom. Jeff Tom. Jeff Tom. Okay. All those in favor signify by saying aye. 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 Opposed? All right. Thank you. And I apologize. Thanks. Thanks for trying to do a good job of muting. And, um, and Mr. Chair, yes, just Denise. apologize to Cindy Van Winkle. I'm sorry. I've got you. I just forgot to call you. Oh, okay. Very good. Is Cindy Cindy here? Yes, I am. Okay, thank you. Sorry. Cindy. <laughs> no problem. I, you, yeah, I know. I owe you. <laughs> it's all good. Thanks. All right. Okay, now we're going to go on to item five, which is our mission moment. And I just want to take uh, uh, a, a moment and then I'll turn it over to Eric. But I cannot tell uh, all of you on the board of directors, the ACB staff, our leaders, and our members, how proud I am of this organization over the past three plus weeks. Uh, we have been on an amazing journey as <laughs> Excuse me. <laughs> um, we we have we have been on a roller coaster as 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 a world, as a country, and as an organization. And if you look at the journey we've been on for just the last three plus weeks. Uh, I think it was just three weeks ago Sunday that I called Janet Dickelman and said, Janet, we may need to start thinking about some contingency plans related to the 2020 uh, conference and convention. I mean, that is how fast all this has moved. Uh, and the ability for our organization to react, 
to support each other and to keep moving on and doing the business of our blind and visually impaired community has just been absolutely tremendous. And I, I continue to, to play in my mind our, our, our mission statement, the American Council of Blind strives to increase the independence, security, equality of opportunity, and quality of life for all blind and visually impaired people. And I think we have lived that mission statement over the last three weeks. I also want to share with you all the five core values of the American Council of the Blind, which we passed in the fall board meeting uh, in Rochester just a little over, what, a year, a year and a half ago. And if we think of those core values, which are integrity and honesty, respect, collaboration, flexibility, and initiative. I believe our ACB staff has exhibited each and every one of those characteristics and, and, and core values over these last three plus weeks as they do every day. And so have our leaders and our members. What we have been able to accomplish from our staff moving to a virtual environment, yet not missing a step. What we've been able to do by coming together with these community chats where we have reached out to everybody proactively with initiative to welcome them into our community and to provide counseling in a non-official way, to provide fun, to provide information, it has been absolutely exhilarating. Uh, and I just want to say thank you, thank you, thank you. And I'd like to turn it over to Eric to say a few words about his staff and our, and our membership. It is, it's just, it's been just been wonderful. So Eric, love to hear your thoughts. On the phone now. Sure. So uh, March 13th, Friday the 13th, we uh, were hanging out in the office and, uh, you know, the, the president uh, declared a national emergency that day. And we were thinking, hmm, you know, this is, is going to be interesting. Not really sure what was, what was going to happen. And uh, over that weekend, I began to realize that... Uh, we probably shouldn't come into work on Monday. And uh, things were moving fast and furious here in Virginia the, with uh, school districts closing, actually the whole state um, of Virginia uh, closed their schools through April 14th, which have since been shuttered for the rest of the, the school year. And uh, I, I, I love going to work, uh, I love going, to the office and, and hanging out with uh, the people that I work with. And so this was a difficult decision, but ultimately made very wow. easy <laughs> by what, what has transpired. So I, I called each one of my, uh, my team, uh, both, you know, uh, in, well, in Alexandria uh, to let them know. And also uh, down through the years, Minneapolis and our Minneapolis office has uh, sort of been uh, the other office, which they aren't anymore and they haven't been for a few years now, but uh, we treated the Minneapolis office just like 
our national office because they're all part of ACB. And so they closed, uh, effective that Monday the 16th. What I am very pleased to, to report to you all is that uh, the technologies that we have at our disposal, be it uh, Office 365, laptops, as well as the utilization of Zoom and Ring Central, um, have allowed us to still field phone calls that come into the office. They just get routed to our cell phones through the Ring Central app. Uh, and we still spend a significant amount of time on calls <laughs> with you all and the membership, uh, as well as the leadership. And, um, you know, I think everybody on my team has had to adjust, just as we all have, in terms of finding a rhythm, uh, being sort of out of a little bit out of water on this in terms of how we, how we um, uh, structure our day. Uh, I've had calls at all hours of the day and on weekends with, with my team. I appreciate uh, their dedication through this. Um, I, I told them earlier today um, that uh, I don't like them very much. <laughs> no, actually, I like them very much. I told them earlier today <laughs> that um, while I, I was not and I'm not surprised by the level of productivity that, that has continued to, to go on, um, but that I am impressed and that I am, uh, you know, I'm, I'm proud to work with them. So kudos to them. Uh, you know, here in Virginia, uh, our governor today gave us a uh, stay at home notification until June 10th. So uh, we will not be returning to the office in Virginia. Uh, until Jan June 10. Um, I would ask this board uh, to have at times some patience with some of us who have kids uh, and are trying to work with kids in the house. <laughs> Things get interesting every once in a while on calls. Um, but you know, this is the, the new normal for now. Everybody's adjusting. Uh, we're adjusting right along with and we're here, we're working, uh, spending a lot of time uh, dealing with uh, the outreach to the membership. Um, Cindy Van Winkle's done a tremendous job in, in working with Kelly to get out communications. Clark Rockfall has done a tremendous job of, of looking at uh, these stimulus bills for the impl implications or potential implications for our community from a from a uh, disability policy side. And then our most recent hire, Tony Stevens, who came in uh, just before everything got interesting, um, the work that he's been able to do just within the last week or so in looking at uh, this most recent stimulus bill uh, that's now law and understanding some of the potential uh, ramifications and goodness in it for nonprofits like ACB as well as our thrift store. So, um, you know, thank you to you all, uh, as well as folks like Claire Stanley that are uh, working with Clark on a lot of these issues and still continuing to take, um, you know, calls for Sharon Levering. Uh, the other person I'd really like to recognize is, is Nancy Becker and all of this. Uh, she is critical to this organization. Uh, uh, she's a lot more than just somebody that, that uh, 
counts the money. Uh, there's a lot of strategy and a lot of work that I do directly with her and her uh, assistance through this has been great. So I think that's it. Uh, so back to you. Dan. So at this, at this point in time, I would like all of our ACB board of directors, if you could unmute your phones. So it's going to get a little noisy. We apologize for those on ACB radio. So, but if you, everybody could unmute their phones. Give me a hi, Dan, when you've got them unmuted. Hello. Hi, Dan. Hello. All right. Are we all unmuted? This is well-deserved. You know what's coming, right, guys? On the count of three, I want to hear hip, hip. Hooray. Hip, hip. Hooray! Hip, hip! Hooray! Hooray! Thank you, thank you, thank you. <laughs> Round of applause. Yeah. Fantastic. And this is not just for our ACB staff. It is for our board of directors, our leaders, and all our members who have worked so hard uh, to keep this organization moving during trying times. I, I just could not be more proud to have the opportunity to serve as the president of this outstanding organization. So now let us move on to item number six, which is a decision on the venue for the uh, ACB 2020 ACB conference and convention. So item, and let's have everybody mute again. So make sure we're muted. Uh, Sounds good. Sounds good. Oh, okay. All right. Um, number A on this particular agenda item is understanding the hotel contract. And uh, I want to thank uh, Nancy Becker and Lane Waters. When we got started down this path, like I said, we met with uh, Janet and I had a meeting on the 8th and quickly decided we needed a, a small but strategic team to start putting together contingency plans and understanding impacts of the coronavirus on our 2020 conference and convention. And so Janet Dickelman, uh, Eric Bridges, uh, Nancy Becker, Lane Waters, David Trott, and myself got together. And we met uh, on the 12th, uh, and at that point in time, set in motion a set of action items. One of them uh, was, well, let me say, going into that meeting, we, we asked Nancy and Lane to uh, evaluate the contract and let us know where we stood from a, con from a hotel contract standpoint. So to give you the, not to belabor the point, but to give you the key takeaways, uh, we first wanted to understand financial impacts related to the contract. So for those of you that don't know, when you sign these large hotel uh, venue contracts, uh, you really start uh, occurring um, penalties for canceling the contract as far in advance as 720 days before the event. Remember, these are huge venues. Uh, we were, you know, we were actually planning on taking the entire hotel, 
all 500 plus rooms. So uh, when Lane and Nancy, uh, you know, went through the contract, it basically had in place that if we canceled the contract uh, more than 90 days before the event, uh, before July 3rd, the uh, penalty for canceling would be $235,000 plus an additional $13,000 to cancel the convention center. So basically $248,000. Plus we had about $6,000 of deposits in on different tours uh, that were already scheduled as well as initial deposit for our transportation for the bus. if we canceled less than 90 days before the uh, before July 3rd, then we would uh, suffer an additional $90,000 penalty that would take it up to uh, $325,000 in penalties plus the uh, convention center. So this was the financial impact we were looking at. There is a clause in our contract, uh, and I'm learning a little more about this than I ever wanted to, called the force de jure clause or the impossibilities clause or the acts of God clause, which basically says that if there is an act of God or a government regulation that is in place, then uh, we can exercise uh, the uh, and cancel the contract with no penalties. Uh, We asked Janet to reach out and talk to the hotel and get the pulse of where they they were with cancellations. Uh, Janet, it took a couple of days for the hotel to get back in touch with her, uh, but they did uh, reply to her, I believe, on the, the 16th or 17th of uh, March, so the beginning of the next week, and stated that and stated that right now they were only accepting um, force de jure um, clause uh, let outs or however we want to say that for conventions that are scheduled in March and April, and at this point in time they were not considering. Uh, any force de jure clauses later uh, than than the end of April. So we took that under advisement. At this point in time, things have moved so fast. So that was two plus weeks ago. Uh, on the on the sixteenth, um, as Eric was saying, the president kind of put a national emergency in place and declared the fifteen day stay-at-home policy with no more uh, recommendation of no more than 10 people uh, in a group and for you to remain, you know, in, uh, think of your sh- social distancing. Uh, so this is, you know, remember, it's just a little over basically two weeks ago. Uh, so on the 16th, we had a convention program call. And at that point in time, the convention program committee that puts together the general session program I asked for their input, and they were their feelings at that point in time was we probably had a little more time, maybe to like uh, uh, May 15th or May 31st, in order to make a decision on this. Uh, we met with both the ACB radio team 
and the Constitution and Bylaws team to understand contingency plans if we were going to have to cancel the convention and ask them to start looking at uh, what would be available uh, to use from ACB radio and what impacts it would have based on uh, our annual business meeting if we were not to have a live convention but a um, but a virtual convention and we'll we'll discuss that a little bit later on in the agenda and then by the by the 18th of July July I can say anything I'm sorry by the 18th of March uh, I'm getting too far ahead here by the 18th of March we had our next convention steering committee uh, David Trott is our officer liaison Janet is our uh, member lead and Nancy is our staff lead and Deb Cook-Lewis is a part of this team Jeff Bishop Katie Frederick Kim Charlson Jim Crott and on that meeting on the 18th uh, we discussed what we had learned about the convention and some of our contingency plans they and we had also done an initial reach out to our attorneys and gotten at that point in time just a general uh, letter saying here's what we're advising all of our clients to share with their hotel venues related to the coronavirus but it was a generic letter so our steering committee encouraged us to reach out and really get a legal opinion from our ACB attorneys so immediately following that meeting uh, Eric reached out to the attorneys um, and we received a back from them a letter on the 19th of uh, March, so just uh, a week ago, for, uh, a week ago Thursday, and um, and it, no, I take it back. It was actually a week ago Friday, the 20th. And in that letter, uh, they 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 strongly they they actually put together a letter which we've we've tweaked a few times but really their message was that if we were going to uh, cancel the convention we needed to not wait that it was very very appropriate and important to move as soon as possible that the best legal standing we would have to cancel the convention and uh, be able to enforce the force de jure's clause was right now uh, that you want to do this within 10 days of an emergency declaration so we had a national emergency declaration and we also had the governor of illinois who had issued a stay-at-home order on march 20th following a, a state emergency declaration on march 9th so they encouraged us to act as quickly as possible uh, so Eric uh, you know got them to be available on Monday morning the 23rd of March uh, for us to have a, a conversation with the attorney so again it was Janet uh, Nancy Eric David and myself that met with the attorneys on the 23rd Seeing that things were moving very, very quickly here, I also asked, uh, I reached out to our executive committee uh, and asked if they could meet on Monday uh, afternoon at 4 o'clock on the 23rd. 
our executive committee, which we vote on every year at our fall board meeting, uh, consists of three officers and two members of our board of directors. So it is Kim Charlson, Mark Reichert, Katie Frederick, Pat Sheehan from the board, and myself as the president. I'm, uh, I'm uh, one of the five members of the executive committee. Uh, in addition to that, I asked our other ACB officers to participate in that executive committee meeting. Those, of course, are Denise Colley, uh, Ray Campbell, and David Trott, because I wanted to be as transparent as we possibly could as we went through this decision-making process. And uh, we had the meeting with the attorneys uh, on that um, Monday morning. Again, they reiterated how important they felt it was for us to move as quick as possible and felt like we needed to have the letter sent to the hotel uh, no later than March 26th with a, really a recommendation that it should get out by March 25th from them in writing representing the American Council of the Blind. So with that said, uh, called the executive committee meeting on um, Monday at four o'clock. Everybody was in attendance. Uh, uh, as I said before, the executive committee members, the additional officers, and Eric and, uh, and Janet Dickelman. And we really talked through at that point in time, you know, what is the most important thing to us as leaders with the American Council of the Blind? And without, uh, you know, all of us unanimously, as we were having the discussion, said by far the most important thing is the health, safety, and well-being of our ACB members and of other attendees to our convention. And as we talk through it, we again talked about the kind of the unique requirements of our organization that we navigate the world by touch, by in many cases, we socialize by holding on to each other, by giving each other a hug, uh, by we navigate by not only touching each other, but touching services that we come in contact with and we are also a population that uh, is uh, a little more on the senior level. Uh, we actually got data from our uh, 2019 convention survey. 80% of our attendees at the convention last year were 51 or above, and half of them, 40% of our overall attendees were 66 or above. And we also have many additional uh, health uh, conditions to deal with, which were, you know, are not, not of the least, uh, diabetes and other compromising conditions, which the coronavirus uh, is more susceptible to. And so we decided that we would follow the recommendation of our attorneys and what we believed in our hearts was the right thing to do. And the uh, executive committee voted unanimously uh, to send the letter from the attorneys uh, asking to cancel uh, the 2020 conference and convention in Schaumburg, Illinois at the Renaissance uh, Hotel. 
But before we wanted the letter sent to the attorneys, we asked Janet Dickelman to reach out to Eric, who is the sales manager at the Renaissance Hotel, and share with him our concerns and that, you know, our executive committee had voted to move forward with the letter, but we wanted him to understand how, uh, you know, why we were doing what we were doing and how we really felt that the appropriate thing to do was to exercise the force de jure's clause of the contract. Uh, Janet uh, reached out to the, uh, to Eric on Monday. She heard back from him on Tuesday the 24th. On Tuesday the 24th, um, when she had her conversation with him, he basically said, Janet, I understand exactly where your organization is coming from. At this point in time, I have to tell you that the official position of the Renaissance Hotel is that we are not uh, we are not considering force de jure clauses uh, again until only through March and April. But then he said that you know, from an off the record standpoint, I would strongly encourage you uh, if you write your letter from the attorneys to include the special considerations of your group, and also uh, consider that you would be willing to come back for a future uh, conference and convention in Schaumburg uh, when our schedules could sync up. So we gave that information back to the attorneys. They tweaked the letter one more time, and they actually responded very quickly quickly. And so by the end of the day, on the 24th, uh, the letter was sent to the, um, to the hotel management. Uh, so we be beat the deadline of the 25th. And Janet has recently followed up by at least um, reaching out to, the, uh, to Eric again to see if he has received the letter. I, I don't have the latest uh, input from her. I'm sure she'll share that with us on her convention update. Uh, but at this point in time, we had not heard, the attorneys have not heard anything back uh, from the hotel. So that is, um, that is kind of where we're at. At this point in time, uh, I would like uh, maybe to have everybody come off. Well, I'm going to do this. Um, first, um, if Denise could come off mute and just read the motion uh, that was um, unanimously approved by our executive committee. All right. <clears throat> the motion was Charleston moved and Sheehan seconded a motion that the ACB President and Executive Director send a letter from our attorneys no later than March 25, 2020, to the management of the Renaissance Schomburg Hotel and Convention Center outlining ACB's reasons for implementing steps to cancel its 2020 conference and convention obligations invoking the impossibility clause under the existing contract. And as Dan said, the motion um, passed unanimously by the executive committee. All right. 
Thank you, Denise. And I think maybe the appropriate way to do this now is I would like um, very quickly, uh, if we can go down, and I would like to get uh, a motion uh, from a member of our board of directors to uh, ratify the motion by the executive director with a second, and then I'm going to call on people one at a time. I want everybody to have a chance to talk on this. So I'm going to call names one by one and let everybody have a chance to say, uh, uh, please, what, what, what they feel in their hearts. So um, if first, maybe I could get uh, just two people to go ahead and make a motion and second for discussion. So moved. Second. That, that was, was that Jeff Doug? Bishop and Pat Sheehan. Jeff Bishop and, Jeff Bishop and, and Pat. By Pat Sheehan. Okay, and then if we could get everybody to mute, I'm going to start with um, first. Mr. President, Mr. Yes, go ahead. Mr. President, I just wanted to call out that John McCann says that uh, while Jim did not uh, answer during the roll call, he believes he is here. Uh, and I just wanted to point that out. Uh, Thank you. During the call. I think he Jim. did answer. Jim Clark, he answered. He answered. Yeah. Yes, oh, okay, because yeah, yeah, John said he didn't yeah. hear him. So. Patrick was we the only one who didn't answer. Yeah, he is here. I, I, I think we're all here. Yeah. Yes. Thank you. Thanks, Jeff. Okay. So first I'm going to uh, turn it over to Eric Bridges to say a few words, and then we're going to start with our immediate past president and go through our officers and all our board members and give everybody a chance to speak. So I'm going to start with Eric for a few words. Um, Eric, you're on mute. Perhaps. There I am. All right. I apologize. There you go. Um, yeah, this uh, this has been a, a truly uh, crazy last couple weeks, and I, I think from from my vantage point, uh, it's quite clear that that this is really the only decision that could be made. Not just the right one. Um, I, I feel like we've gone about this process in uh, taking input from the membership, uh, membership, you know, the convention program planning committee, as well as the convention steering committee, uh, and then uh, getting advice from our attorneys and uh, ultimately arriving at, you know, the ultimate decision that was made. We have to, we have to protect our people. It's it's plain and simple. Um, it's our it's our membership. It's you know it's the volunteers. It's uh, the folks that work with me, that work in the organization. It's everybody. And uh, given the unique uh, set of circumstances that we present when we're together in a venue. <clears throat> Um, and the, the pre-existing conditions that many of us have that would make us more vulnerable to uh, COVID-19. Um, I think that, that this is the only logical decision for us to make. And I look forward to the discussion uh, that may come here uh, afterward about, about uh, doing something different with regard to our convention this summer because I'm truly excited about that. 
Thank you, Eric. And now we'll recognize Kim. All right. Thank you, Mr. President. Um, I, I think Eric's words are, are spot on. It's an incredibly difficult decision, and yet it's not an incredibly difficult decision because it's hard for all of us to think about not having a convention. You know, we've been in existence for 59 conventions or 58, um, and it's amazing to think that in the year 2020 that this would have ever happened in our world and that we, we would be talking about not holding a convention. But in that respect, it, it truly is the only decision that I think this board can make because we have to think about everyone involved, our membership, and everyone who works for us, our members, you know, and all the issues surrounding this. I mean, it's just unbelievable. And even from the work perspective, you know, I would never have thought that two weeks ago, someone would be telling me that I would have to close my library down and not be able to send books to people and that this might go on for, for weeks, if not months. And right now it looks pretty serious. And who can predict it? Because it's come on so fast. And, you know, Dan went through the chronology for all of us. And in three weeks, we have really traveled a pretty incredible journey and had to look at some amazing things that I think we never thought we would. So, again, while this is a hard decision, it is the right decision. And um, that's, I think, all I will say is that I know it's hard, but it's the right choice for our organization at this time. Thank you, Mr. President. Thank you, Kim. And now we'll hear from Mark Reichert, first vice president. Thanks, Dan. Um, I can't improve on Kim's comments. I, I, clear it's the right decision. I also think it shows tremendous leadership. Um, it takes courage to make a decision like this. And uh, and I'm proud to be part of an organization that's willing to exercise that courage when, when the circumstances call for it. Um, I, uh, I hope that other organizations in our field similarly um, have that courage to see the handwriting on the wall and do what's right. Um, a number of organizations, certainly WBU, ICVI, there's I go down the alphabet soup groups who have pulled the plug on their conferences for all the reasons we know. Um, but it does take a lot of courage to, to do this. And I'm, I, again, I'm just so proud to be part of a group that is willing to step up and exercise that leadership when it's called for. Thanks. Thank you, Mark. And now Ray Campbell, second vice president. Thank you, Mr. President. Um, from greetings from convention ground zero, I guess you could say here in Illinois. Um, I can't add a whole lot to what's been said, um, except to say that um, I'll tell you, I mean, three weeks ago, um, and I blogged about this. I said, what's the big deal? This is being way over sensationalized and it's being blown out of proportion. And, 
you know, and I mean, well, I probably turned about two or three, 360 since then. This is extremely serious. And it really shows that we, the leaders, of th this is absolutely the right decision. And frankly, if we had made a different decision, I think we would have been the, at the heart of irresponsibility. Um, the, <clears throat> this, as has been stated, the way that we interact and navigate the world and, you know, do, do what we do um, is by touch. And all it would take is for one person to have this thing and it spread through our convention and we would never we would never be forgiven for that and shouldn't be forgiven for that. Um, and, um, just, and, you know, the, and I've been listening to a lot of news and a lot of stuff as probably we all have. And, you know, even if by April, May or June, you know, we might have the spread under control a little bit or whatever, who knows what it's going to be by then, but, you know, who knows if mass gatherings are even going to be allowed? And if you look even outside of our organization, um, Heaven's Wimbledon's going to be canceled. That just came out today. And um, you've got a major, major festival in this area at the 4th of July, the second biggest attended festival to the taste of Chicago. Eyes to the Skies has been canceled. Um, I frankly think the political conventions this summer are in danger. Um, and, uh, and that, um, as much as I would have loved to have the convention here in Illinois this summer and to show off uh, our great state and our great people and, and everything that, uh, that we, um, are all about, um, we, we just, we just can't do it this year. And this is not the year to be doing that. And as, um, someone said, you know, try to tough our way through it. It is absolutely the right decision. And um, I uh, will close by saying that I am pleased that the board has also, the executive committee, or there's also was stated as part of the discussion that uh, at the next available opportunity that Illinois will get to have a convention in, uh, in Schomburg and we will look forward to that. And um, hopefully there won't be any little viruses to get in our way and, we can move forward and have a great, great convention, whatever year that is. Thank you. Thank you, Ray. And now Denise Colley, Secretary. Thank you. Uh, you know, we're living in a very surreal world right now. And every day numbers change. And every day the situation changes. And I know in looking at some of the posts that have come out on the leadership list that there are some people who think, well, July is a long time from now. But the reality is it really isn't. And the thing I think that really made me realize that we had no other choice, uh, and Ray kind of alluded to it when he said, if we held our convention and um, people caught the virus, we wouldn't forgive ourselves. If we held the convention and one person caught the virus, and that person died, it would impact all of us for the rest of our lives. Yep. So I would hope and urge that 
the board and everybody listening on ACB radio tonight would take on the responsibility of really being leaders with your affiliates and with your local chapters and helping those who are still questioning to understand why this decision was so difficult and why it had to happen um, because we really could not have made any other decision. Thank you. Thank you, Denise. And now David Trott, treasurer. This was really difficult for me because you elected me to be the voice of fiscal responsibility. And so my first inclination back, and you got to understand this was weeks ago when it was kind of a guessing game, was what it could cost us. Then as the numbers began to pile up, I realized that we're actually living in a science fiction novel. We've all read about this and it's happening today. We, we really didn't have a choice. We have to look out for the fiscal responsibility is one thing, but our membership responsibility is the greatest responsibility we have to this organization. We love each other. Nobody loves the convention more than I do. And Lord knows we're going to miss it. But it'll be back, folks. And we'll be back strong because of the decisions that we have to make right now. It's, it's not a great decision, uh, but it is the best for ACB. That's all I got, Dan. Uh, thank you, David. And now we'll go through our board of directors. So we're going to start with Jeff Bishop. Thank you, Dan. Um, I don't have a lot more to add here, uh, except to say that uh, one thing that I think is uh, very special about our organization is that we truly put people first and that we think about each individual within this organization and the impact that we might be able to have on each and every one of the people's lives that we work with, as well as the great board and the great staff that we have. And as a board member, it's our responsibility to make sure that the safety and the, the protection of each individual within this organization needs to be at the utmost of importance right now for all of us to be thinking about and to be making sure that we're doing the right thing. And for that reason, I feel very strongly that we're making the right decision by looking at alternatives for this year's convention. While it would be great to be able to go and see everyone and see all the exhibits and have the wonderful parties and all of those wonderful things. We want to make sure that all of us are safe and that we can all return with smiles on our faces and all healthy and everyone will be okay. That's all I have to say, Dan. Thank you so much, Jeff. Very good words. And next we'll hear from Donna Brown. Okay, thank you. Um, I certainly want to thank those leaders who were forward thinkers and, and really some, you guys really put a lot of legwork in, into this um, already. And, and I just 
really thank all those who, well, did their homework <laughs> from our teacher here. Um, and, you know, 59 years ago, we, we wouldn't have had these alternative methods of possibly holding a convention like we do today. Um, and so I, I just, I, I feel like we're doing the right thing. I'm, I'm going to miss, you know, those blind trains and, you know, that kind of thing at the convention that we often have, but that could lead to problems. Um, so again, thank you to the leaders who were forward thinkers and, and, um, really stepped up, uh, in a very timely manner. And, and, uh, I just am in support of, of their, uh, decision and just hope the rest of the ACB membership understands. Thanks. Thank you, Donna. And next, uh, Sarah Conrad. Sarah. Yeah, thank you, Dan. I'll keep this brief. You know, we don't know how to handle this virus um, as a society, and I'm just so proud of um, my fellow leaders um, for their work on this. You know, I'm a, I'm a government policy analyst, and I can tell you from that perspective, we are just overwhelmed trying to protect the most vulnerable people and so thank you for working so hard to protect everyone in our ACB family. You know, we can write the policies in government, but we can't put them into practice. And so thank you for doing that. Um, you know, a lot of other people before me here have said um, how grateful um, we can be that we are prioritizing each other in all of this. Um, what an incredible thing to do at this time. You know, this may not be what we want, but it's what we need. And you know, I, I'm, I'm really just excited to see our opportunities to incorporate new ideas and embrace new ways to connect. Um, I think it's a challenge, but I think overcoming it is, is going to be pretty incredible. So thank you. Thank you so much, Sarah. And now Dan Dillon. Thank you, Dan. Uh, most of what I was going to say has been pretty well co covered, excuse me, but I'd like to say when I first heard about this virus, I did not take it very seriously, probably like a lot of you people, but I'm taking it very seriously now. And then when I first heard talk about the possibility of canceling our national convention, I thought, oh my goodness, that's that's way off in July. Then I thought about the caliber of, of the members of this organization uh, to get where they've gotten to and to to accomplish what so many of our members have accomplished they had many many obstacles along the way certainly a little virus is not going to keep us away from that convention and from not having a convention but like i said earlier i've changed my opinion after what's come down and and and, and, and my concern now is when is this thing going to peak and one last thing I'd like to say is I learned a long time ago, no matter what you accomplish in life and no matter how much money you accumulate, if you don't have your health, you don't have anything. So in saying that, ACB leaders, you've made a wonderful decision. You made the right decision. Thank you, Dan. Thank you, Dan. Very true words. If you don't have your health, you don't have anything. Thank you, Dan. And next we'll hear from Katie Frederick. Thank you. I was on that um, 
you know, when Dan went through the chronology of, of events, I cannot believe that that steering call was March 18th. It feels like it was months ago. Um, just, you know, how fast things are moving. And so I was on the convention steering call and I was on the executive committee call last week. And these are, these are tough times. Um, these are tough decisions, but as, as you know, Kim stated earlier, um, it was a tough decision, but it's the right decision. And um, I, I cannot, in my good conscience, um, see us go forward with a convention and have someone get sick. Um, that's just how I voted on the executive committee. And, you know, what I, what I feel now, um, people and lives matter. Um, and, and money matters too, but um, at the end of the day, people come first. And um, I think that, you know, the, the next discussion that we have um, will, will bring some, some new opportunities for ACB and some new ways that we can reach out to maybe some members who would love to come to a convention um, on-site and in-person, but can't for various reasons. And so I'm, um, you know, um, sad that we can't be together in July, but um, looking forward to other new and exciting opportunities to connect with ACB friends and family. Thank you. Thank you, Katie. Fine words. And next, Jim Crott. I will keep this brief, Dan. Um, I will start by saying thank you. Thank you to uh, our elected leaders and thank you to our staff leaders uh, for making the only decision, the right decision that at this point in time we could make for the health, safety, and well-being of our members. Not easy, much difficulty went into it. I recognize that. I was an early um, alarmist who pushed, uh, pushed hard to, to look, to, to move, <coughs> make this decision, whichever way we went, but to make it uh, upon the thorough investigation. I think the investigation was thorough and complete. And while I'm sure there are those of our members who feel otherwise, uh, this board member believes that we are doing what the only thing that ACB could responsibly do. So thank you to everyone for charting the right course forward. And, and Jim, thank you for being that person that pushed us hard on the uh, convention steering committee meeting on the 18th to say, talk to your attorneys, and I really suggest you do it as soon as possible. And Eric and, and myself and the team took you and, and followed your, your suggestions. And I think we're, we're feeling very good that, that, you know, you gave us that little nudge you need, you and Deb Cook-Lewis and Katie and Kim and, and, and David. So thank you. Thank you, Dan. And next, uh, hear from Doug Powell. Yes, thanks. Um, I think 
we're all having still having trouble wrapping our heads around how long we're going to be dealing with this. Uh, we don't have a uh, everything we hear says a vaccine won't be ready for a year to year year and a half. Um, and what what we're hoping desperately for is to flatten the curve, which means that instead of having a lot of people sick uh, quickly, we're going to have less people sick, but over a longer period of time. So we have no idea what the projection is. And um, uh, I was convinced after they uh, canceled the Olympics and Paralympics that um, we could do no less. So I'm glad that uh, the leadership took the reins and did what they needed to do. And um, I'm looking forward to a new creative way of creating a convention and uh, uh, and, and executing it. And uh, I think we'll have fun in uh, trying to uh, accommodate all of the special interest affiliates, the committees, and you know, and still putting on a great program um, with actually um, with you know with uh, the the experts that we have. Um, and I think we're like uh, about seventeen steps ahead of most organizations because we have ACB radio and streams where we can make our programming available to all of our members. And I look forward to uh, organizing and delivering that. Thank you so much, Doug, for your kind words. And next we'll hear from Pat Sheehan. Thank you, Dan. Um, as a member of the executive committee, I felt a couple of things when we were talking about this a few days ago. And first was the responsibility of myself as a board member to make that right, correct decision uh, with uh, with respect to the convention, but mostly because I respect the individuals in the organization and who they are, what they go through, and what they give to the organization. And I felt that the responsible thing was to do what we did and vote to uh, cancel the, the convention. The other point that I made uh, to the executive committee and to folks there was the idea that from the standpoint of the convention and with everything going on, that there was a great deal of fear out there and that I felt even from a business, from the business side of the decision being made, that we wouldn't be, show up, that people wouldn't show up for the convention because there's so much fear that is involved with the virus, how it spreads and where and all that sort of thing that we don't have answers to. And so mostly because of the people, and as has been said earlier, if one person had been uh, become sick and died, I as a board member would never forgive myself but also I felt it was a bad business decision uh, for us to go forward because I thought with the fear that's swelling around this virus that the convention wouldn't be a success in any case. So thank you, Dan. Thank you, Pat. Uh, kind words. And now uh, Michael Talley. Michael, at this point, you're still muted. Yeah. How about now? 
Sorry. You're good. There Mike. you go. I think I was double muted. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> and I was well into my speech too. It's okay. It's all good. Um, so for some, as someone that serves on many boards, I'd just like to say uh, thank you so much to um, our executive officers, our entire uh, board of directors, but also our staff. Um, the, this due process, the, the due diligence has been put into it, hours and hours of, of, uh, of passion and dedication. I, I've realized this is a very, very difficult decision, and it is sad, but at the same time, it is the, uh, like someone said, it's the one and only decision to be made, and I think that our organization will be stronger for it in the future. So uh, just thank you to everyone that has poured your time and energy and passion into this over the last few weeks, and uh, just proud to serve with each and every one of you. Thank you. Thank you, Michael. And last but not least, board member Jeff Tom. All right, thank you, Dan. So I will try to be perhaps the briefest. Um, I do want to echo so many of the comments that have already been made and, and obviously give my thanks to both the staff and the leaders of this organization for making what is clearly the correct decision. Um, I would only add that challenges uh, create opportunities and I think that um, the, this virus has obviously created challenges that no one wants and, and that is going to lead to you know, disasters for many people throughout this country. But we do have opportunities um, in the dialogue that has already begun on our lists and the dialogue that we'll, we'll have today and the dialogue that will continue in the months to come to create you know, changes in the culture of this organization that may um, eventually create a far better and stronger organization for the future. And I urge us to take advantage of those opportunities for the betterment of ACB. Thank you. Thank you, Jeff. Uh, and last, our non-voting uh, member of our board of directors, Deb Cook-Lewis, representing the Board of Publications. Well, as everyone has said, this has been a very, very challenging time, and the board has certainly been working hard and the executive committee to make a decision that is good for our membership. I'm glad for that. Something very personal for me about this whole virus situation, I do know people personally who have tested positive and who are maybe not going to make it. And when you do know people personally who've tested positive and are actually really ill, they talk about all the people who are just a little ill or don't even know they have it, but uh, there are people who do know they have it. And um, it's a very difficult situation. So I am glad that we are, to the best of our ability, avoiding that uh, for our members and friends. The, the other thing that I will say is if this is going to happen to us, I am delighted that it's happening in this year and not one of our early years because the technologies and other resources that are available to us in terms of ingenuity do make it possible for us to do this uh, meeting now and do lots more. So I think we're going to develop some new skills and some new protocols and some new opportunities that will serve us well in the future. Thank you so much, Deb, and thank you all uh, the officers and board of directors of American Council of the Blind. 
I'm going to now ask everybody to unmute themselves, and we will take a voice vote. Uh, remember, this motion is to ratify the motion of the executive committee that we are voting here to cancel our contract for 2020 with the Radisson's Hotel in Schaumburg, Illinois. That's what we're voting on in this particular motion. So I'll give everybody a minute to unmute. Hello, Dan. Hello, Jeff. I'm here. All right. You're so mistaken, I'll give it another um, 30 seconds to make sure everybody gets off mute. Some of those getting off mutes are a little tricky. All right. Thank you all for your discussion. I think we are ready to take the vote. Any hearing, any more discussion? Hearing no more discussion, all those in favor of the motion signify by saying aye. 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 Opposed? Thank you all so much. I know this was very difficult. Let it be noted in the minutes that it was unanimous. And I am so proud of our officers and board of directors for doing what I think we all agree is the right thing in taking care of the health and safety of our membership. Having said that, all we did was cancel a venue. We have not canceled a convention. And so I'm now going to move on to item seven, is the impact of the decision to cancel the convention contract in Schaumburg, Illinois. I think in this particular instance, as many of my fellow board members have said, I would like to challenge our organization to say, remembering our mission, the American Council of Blind strives to increase the independence, security, equality of opportunity and quality of life for all blind and visually impaired people. We've secured the, we've worked to, to implement security of our members, to secure our members. But we are an independent group that is very creative, and we are going to work hard to improve the lives of our members. And the way we do that each and every year is by holding an outstanding convention. And I would like to challenge this organization that I believe we can hold a virtual convention, we can have general sessions, we can have breakout sessions, we can potentially have virtual walks. Uh, we can have virtual auctions. We can have virtual exhibit halls. I think I'm just at the tip of the iceberg of the creativity of this organization. We have 94 days remaining before July 4th in our opening session. And I think this organization is up to the task like no other organization I've ever been a part of. We live day to day. Uh, we do the business of the American Council of the Blind in a virtual setting. We have committee meetings. We have steering committee meetings. We even have Let's Talk Sports and audio description chat sessions. We 
are always together. And I think we have the ability to create the most outstanding virtual convention that will last a lifetime. People will be talking about this 50 years from now. I even thought perhaps we could call it the Corona Convention, but I don't like that. So what <laughs> Corona stands for in Latin, if I understand is correctly, is crown. So I think we should not involve Schaumburg, Illinois, because I'm hoping we're going to go back there in a couple of years. So I think that maybe we should rename this convention the Crown Convention. But we'll talk about that. But I want to turn it over to a series of uh, individuals who've worked very hard on contingency plans in case we had to move forward and cancel our convention. So first, I want to recognize Janet Dickelman with our convention committee. So, Janet? Thank you. Can you, I believe I'm unmuted, correct? You are. All right. Very good. Uh, when Dan called me on March 8th and talked to me about contingency plan for the convention, I have to admit, like several of you said earlier, I kind of thought he was nuts. I thought, July, this convention isn't July. What? Why are we even talking about this now? But as everyone has said, things moved so quickly, and obviously this is the right decision. And I appreciate all the support that I've gotten from staff and from the officers and the board and the various committees. Uh, just a moment of personal privilege to the convention committee. I'm sorry to all of you that I couldn't really discuss this cancellation because this was, you know, something I could not bring up until after the board meeting. I will reach out to each of you tomorrow and we will talk about your roles. Uh, convention planning committee, which is a committee with a representative from each affiliate, the program chair from each affiliate and each committee planning an event at the convention. I will reach out to you after this meeting and I'm going to set up a couple of conference calls over the next couple of days and we can go through how this is going to look. Um, the Illinois host committee, I also will set up a call with all of you. It was really hard last Monday night. I had talked to Ray after our executive session. Oh, was it? <laughs> and I said, Ray, we, and Ray, of course, and I both agreed, of course, we couldn't say anything to the host committee. So we had to go on business as usual. And that was really, that was difficult. And I appreciate all the work that you have done done. I want you to be back on the host committee when we come back, back to Schaumburg. But I do have some things that you can do also for this convention. So you're not quite off the hook yet. So all of you, I will be reaching out to you um, over the next few days. Thank you. Um, as Dan talked about a virtual convention, and at first I thought, uh -huh, you know, I, I, I'm kind of kind of old school. No, no, we can't make a change. What? What are we doing? But the more I thought about it, I really like the idea, and I've been coming up with a lot of ideas and, you know, I've gotten pointers from other people, of course, and so I have a little list. Like Dan said, we would still do our general session, of course. We would do that on ACB Radio. We would have our presenters join us via Zoom. We've even talked about setting up a way where if people who are um, listening to the convention on ACB radio have a question of one of our presenters, a way that they can get their question to someone and it will be asked. So we're, we haven't you know, forgotten about that. Um, we are also, I'm going to talk, as I said, with all the affiliates and committees 
much of the programming that affiliates and committees are planning will lend itself to a virtual convention. There's a few things, of course, some mixers and, you know, some of the other items, game night, that type of thing, uh, bingo, that would not be work well virtually. But I think most of the programming that you have worked on um, will be able to set up. And that, again, will be some on ACB radio streams, some on Zoom meetings. Um, we will offer presentation time to our sponsors, as we always have um, had during the convention for virtual meetings and sessions. The virtual exhibit hall, at first I thought, well, how would we do that? And then I thought, well, and Dan and I talked about it a bit, and we could have one stream of ACB radio, and depending on the level of booth selection that the exhibitor had, they could have a certain amount of recorded time where they could talk about what they had to offer, about any um, any um, deals that they had during the convention, anything that they wanted to talk about, what was in their booth. They could give you a little tour of their virtual booth. We could record all of these and play them as a loop on one of the ACB radio streams. So you could all go visit the exhibit hall and find out what's there. Um, we talked about doing a virtual auction. We would do that similar to the ACB holiday auction for the holiday auction for ACB radio. Um, a lot of people do the walk as virtual walkers. So I think we could very easily set up a virtual walk with the website. Um, banquet, we'll have our banquet presenter. We can do our awards at the banquet as we normally would. We would have that, of course, on ACB radio and some of our speakers um, via Zoom. Dan, I guess you could even have a head table if you want. <laughs> I think we could. Yeah. Yep. Yep. So I think, um, you know, I think there's a lot of things that we can do. We talked about this. I've talked to Nancy about this. And we do feel we would like to have a convention registration. And we would like to, I've talked to uh, Nancy and Dan and Eric actually about this. And we will have a cost for the convention registration as we would for in-person attendance. And on the registration form, you could buy your Braille form tickets. You could um, purchase the newspaper and have it emailed directly to you. You could buy items from the mini mall, pins and t-shirts. Um, you could pay the affiliate registrations. Um, I know the affiliates, you know, that's something very important to the affiliates and we want to make sure that that gets done. And we have, we will also, for anyone who registers, you know, we, we all love those door prize drawings during general session. So we can do a virtual door prize drawing and have a list of only people who've registered for the convention. So those will be, if you want to be in the door prize, and since you're not sending your affiliates um, members to the convention, you're not paying stipends, you can give some pretty good door prizes, don't you? I think everybody can, you know, really up, up, up the door prize game. Um, we will also, for people who register, they can get the special meeting information about how to access the various sessions. And we are working with the uh, registration form to come up with, even if sessions don't have costs, 
which, you know, most of them would not. Um, people can check the sessions so that we kind of have an idea who's going to be attending and make sure that they, the people who have selected certain sessions get the information of how to access the meetings for those sessions. And that's kind of it. Just keep in mind, this is an ever-evolving virtual convention. We've just started talking about this, so things are going to change. There's going to be a lot of information. For those of you listening on ACB Radio, I'll continue to put announcements on the ACB convention list. If um, you're not subscribed to that, please do so. Send a blank email to acbconvention-subscribe at acblists.org. And we'll get you on the convention announce list, and I'll send out the very latest updates about the convention. Um, and that's what I have at the moment. And again, I'll be re I appreciate all the work that a lot of you have done committee-wise. That some things, you know, we're not going to be able to utilize. But I really appreciate everybody's hard work on this, and I recognize that this is a this is a great change, and it's. It's a loss. It's it's a huge loss not being able to be together. I mean, I've been very, very emotional about this. I know that surprises many of you who know how emotional I get, but I've been extremely emotional about this. But I'm really so grateful to have the support of the board, the officers, and the staff, and of ACB membership. Thank you. Any Thank questions you. of me? Thank you, Janet. And I, I just want to say Janet has been, you know, just – uh, a rock and an inspiration through all of this. And, and we've all had to go through those kind of five stages of grief. And I think we're now coming out at the end of that, which is, you know, acceptance. what can we do <laughs> past acceptance to really yep. make, uh, as someone said the other day, you know, lim take lemons and make lemonade out of it. And I, I really think that's, I appreciate uh, <clears throat> Janet's, uh, Janet, Janet went from, from, Tears, tears on Monday. To I got four or five emails on Tuesday saying, "Dan, I'm thinking about this. I'm thinking about this. We can I'm do this. We can this. do that. We yeah. can do this. We can do this." So she didn't. She didn't stay long. Long. She she sprung right back up, and I really yep. appreciate it. And, and, uh, one more quick thing, and then I'll recognize. And I I also want to really encourage everybody out there on ACB Radio, participate, affiliates, committee. Please have your representatives participate in these convention planning committees. There's nothing that's set in stone here. This is the time to be uh, creative and energetic. And, you know, we may, uh, you know, there may be an opportunity for affiliates to do fundraising through the registration. I think there's just yeah. all, all kinds of opportunities. And then I think, Ray, you wanted to be recognized? Yeah, um, I just wanted to a uh, quick comment and a question and or a couple quick comments, I guess. First of all, one is that um, this is not unprecedented. Uh, CSUN lost a lot of attendees, and what a lot of the companies did and groups did was took their sessions and turned them into webinars. And so uh, that was something like that would certainly be possible here. Um, the one group of folks, and I just don't know at this point ways to help them, as some of our sassy folks, I think, uh, could get left out of this unless we can do some kind of live cart for some of them or something like that. I don't know. I, I really hope that we will look, scour the Oops. scour the earth, the work with Carl and everybody to see if there's some ways yep. that we can 
Yes, we can Thank do Thank you that. for bringing that up, Dan. And yes, I will reach out to Carl and see what we need to do. Thank you. Thank you, Ray. Dan, Dan this is Donna. Can I ask Go a ahead. question? Go ahead, Donna Brown. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, and I'm sure this is already being thought of and everything. Um, are, is there going to be an opportunity for CEUs? Um, yes, definitely. Uh, I, I mean, I, I figured you probably of even that. <laughs> more of an opportunity for right. CEUs. Right. That, that's mm -hmm. what I was thinking, Mike. So yes, definitely. Thank you for bringing that up. That I didn't have that on my notes, so I'm glad you brought it up, Donna. Thanks. Thank you. Thank you, Donna. Uh, All right, Dan, this uh, is Doug. Oh, sure. Go ahead, Doug. Um, I'm I'm sure you've thought about this, uh, but question about the the length of the convention. We now have an opportunity to you know to go beyond the the specific week that our convention usually takes if it's necessary for, you know, to fit everything on ACB radio and, and all that kind of stuff. So um, I just wanted to put it out there that we, we are not constrained by uh, J July 3rd through 10th. We had talked about that. Absolutely. And that was, that was the thought that I had come up with maybe, um, but the consensus kind of was that we kind of wanted to keep it within the convention time frame. But again, you know, that's something that we can, we can yep. work through everything is we'll have to make decisions but right now yes. we're in the we're in the brainstorming phase yep. so yeah right. no 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 such thing as a bad suggestion thank you doc yeah mm -hmm. all right this is um, jeff oh go ahead jeff tom yeah i actually wasn't going to talk i usually don't but i i sort of the last comment gave me pause and i wanted to throw something out i think we might want to consider um, for purposes of enhancing the ability of special interest affiliates to have their own mini conventions, uh, instead of having morning, afternoon, splitting up like that, having one day for general session and one day for affiliates mm -hmm. as, a, as a way to, because I'm not sure people are going to want to stay on the phone all day. Exactly. Yeah. Just a thought again, for the brainstorming yeah. section. Yep, again. Yeah. Right. Again, good thought. These are, yeah. you know, yeah. as I thought. said, these are we won't all need to be things on the phone where, all day, by the way. Yeah. No. You know. And of course, all these radio. sessions yeah. will be archived on ACB radio. So if you don't attend the meetings live, you can certainly listen to them, you yeah. know, and, down and the road. That's all. Thank you. And not, and, and not only that, but we will probably be able to get <laughs> a lot of the content up, you know, even quicker. Because we're going to be able to have a team of people that are working in the background editing right. this stuff and getting it up on the podcast. So, you know, it doesn't have to be all real time necessarily. And ACB radio, I mean, I've had conversations with Jeff. I've had conversations with several of you. And, you know, you guys have been great. And you're the ones who I'm going to rely on for how to do this because. This is not my area of expertise. I can I can coordinate a convention, but I don't have the technical ability to get it out to everybody. So thank you, ACB Radio. Okay. All right. Next, I'm going to um, uh, go to item B on the agenda, which is Constitution and Bylaws input. And uh, I don't I didn't hear John Huffman earlier when we did introductions, but I know we have John McCann here as. Uh, well as uh, Ray. Um, so if we could uh, go, go ahead and open it up, uh, John, uh, you did a lot of work. Uh, I'll give it a little preface here that um, 
you know, we reached out as we formed the, the team, then again for contingency planning to see what would it mean from our constitution and bylaws uh, if we went to a virtual convention. And so uh, I asked John, John, and Ray to kind of review our constitution and bylaws, re- review the DC non for profit code. We are incorporated as a corporation in the District of Columbia, and so we have to adhere to their incorporation law. And in addition to that, there could even be some follow-down uh, you know, concerns that we would have to look at Robert's Rules of Order. So with that said, uh, I'm going to turn it over to John to give us his uh, interpretation of the uh, D.C. Uh, non-for-profit code. So, John? Thank you very much, Dan. It's a pleasure to be here, although I know we all wish the circumstances would be different. Um, you've already laid out the ground, the groundwork or the uh, background there, Dan, that, um, and I don't have the exact date, but that's not super important. You reached out to the Common Bylaws Committee, and I did not want to see this board, I don't want to bring up unpleasant memories, but I didn't want to see this board make the same mistake that GDUI made in 2012 with the meltdown there. They ran to their constitution only to be told properly so that hey, in the first instance, as was true in that case, it is true in this instance, that in the instance, your options are going to be governed by the D.C. Nonprofit Corporation Code of 2010, which is a citation to which we are subject. I took a good look at the code. Uh, in response to your outreach to the Econo Bylaws Committee, I submitted something that was, for all intents and purposes, a legal opinion. And on a subsequent phone call, uh, I had urged you to uh, have that opinion reviewed by outside counsel. It was, and he has concurred uh, and endorsed uh, what I'm about to say. In yeah, John, short- if I could just say there. So John provided his opinion, but we reached out to Matt Hanley, who is a member of our advisory board and also does a lot of pro bono work for us with inside of ACB and is a practicing attorney in D.C. And he has concurred completely with John's opinion in this particular matter. And the letter uh, has been sent to all of the uh, officers and board members that are participating here this evening in your packet. So go ahead, John. Okay. Uh, In my opinion, uh, which, as I say, has been uh, agreed to, as we do not have a provision in our articles of incorporation or governing instruments to be most generic constitution bylaws articles there's no provision for conducting a virtual meeting in other words transacting business as you would do in an annual meeting there's no provision for that in our bylaws and uh, in our governing documents which go back to 1961 therefore the transaction of any business consideration of uh, common bylaw amendments, elections, voting on resolutions, et cetera, that's all off the table. That is forbidden to us. So any virtual convention will perforce uh, not be able to address all of the customary items of business that we uh, have traditionally handled and properly so at our annual conferences and conventions. So if I understand to paraphrase that, John, there is really, even though we can have a conference and convention, this will not be considered our annual membership business meeting. 
Right. So long as you are not transacting any business as such, the Mm -hmm. DC code doesn't care if you elect to congregate virtually and have presentations, Mm -hmm. uh, but you're not conducting business as such. You're not making policy. You're not amending your bylaws or your constitution. You're not replacing uh, directors who term out, et cetera. Yeah. Okay. Thank you. So, then, so, John, let me ask you one more question for clarification, and then I'll turn it over to Ray to provide some additional input. And my understanding is, uh, given that we do not have an annual business meeting, um, the DC code then allows our existing business to take place by in between annual business meetings by our board of directors like it does now in in agreement with our constitution and bylaws and all current uh, elected officials uh, would stay into in their elected positions until the next annual business meeting which would be phoenix in 2021 Yes, and we do welcome you to Phoenix in 2021. It's inconceivable to me that this we will be in this situation uh, then. God forbid. I think that'll be the least of this nation's problems and our individual problems should that be the case. But uh, your understanding is correct. In other words, uh, both the DC code and indeed our own constitution uh, charges the board with the governance of this organization between conventions. we should read that to mean conventions at which annual business uh, is conducted. This can't be a convention uh, in the, for for the reasons just described. Uh, and I would also say that indeed the board has a duty to govern this corporation uh, and uh, see to its, its administration and governance, particularly in this time and until such time as the membership can weigh in. Their instructions. There's a fiduciary. Okay, thank you, John. And then Ray, any uh, comments from you from the sure. Um, I just I'll just I won't go through the whole lengthy analysis that I did, um, but I'll just try to summarize it. I looked really at three kind of three main things. First of all, I looked at what does our constitution and bylaws say about an annual meeting and, and, and you know the ability to conduct one virtually. And it really doesn't speak to that. It says we have to have an annual a meeting to be known as the annual conference and convention. Okay. Um, it certainly doesn't say we can't have that virtually. However, I think we all know that that was written probably the original text of the Constitution. So at that time, we didn't have virtual facilities to do virtual meetings. <clears throat> so then I looked, the second thing I looked at was our voting procedures. And um, I looked at those, and there's, of course, two parts of our vote. And the first part of our vote is conducted, the individual vote, and that's conducted by secret ballot. And the bylaws specifically state that that has to be done using paper. Uh, so obviously, virtually, we couldn't do that. And I, by the way, I did this before John did his very fine work. And as, as he pointed out to me, I could have saved you a lot of time. <laughs> but I got that it. Is yeah. <laughs> yeah, it is. I mean, he was playing bluegrass that weekend, I think. So, I was. I was. Uh, yeah, you were. So you anyway. Did, um, did fine work, right? I just hated to see you and all that time. But it's all it's not for naught because now you're going to uh, tell us good things. So then the other thing, so the other thing I looked at was 
okay, then what happens if we cannot hold an election, for example? Because this year, and it's specifically referenced in the Constitution, that board members and members of the Board of Publications are elected in every even-numbered year. So this year we have a situation that we have five directors' positions that would be up. Uh, we have one person whose term is up uh, that would be terming out. Um, and we have four other directors that could run again. And then we have our three elected members of the Board of Publications. Um, and I, to my rec, to my memory service, if my memory serves, I don't think any of them are term limited this year. I'm not that's, sure. That's about correct. It. That's correct. Okay. So, um, so then, okay. So then, okay. What happens? Okay. Now the Constitution does say that um, they, who, if you're in a director's position, you serve until somebody else is elected and you know steps, you know, takes takes over the office. Well, if we don't have an election, there's really no way to elect uh, people to uh, fill those offices. Now, the one person that turns out is Sarah Conrad. And, you know, so, you know, uh, the, my argument would be, by the way, that everybody would continue to serve in their current uh, positions. And then we would either have to do next year at the annual conference, they would uh, the BOP director would be elected for a one-year term and the uh, directors would be elected for three-year terms or something like that. I, I'm not quite, haven't really thought that far ahead. Um, now, Sarah is the one director that terms out this year um, and you know, she can continue to serve since we're not going to be able to vote. However, if um, she wishes to move on, she certainly, that is her choice. And uh, that, what would happen then is the board would then appoint someone to fill that position until such time as we're able to elect uh, someone. So um, basically that um, what in a nutshell, the current uh, directors would be, would continue to serve and, uh, you know, four of them are not term limited. So they would continue to do that. And then we would probably have a, have to figure out what to do next year. We, as I said, we'd probably be in a situation we'd be we'd be electing uh, <clears throat> BOP members for one-year terms and directors for three-year terms. I I don't know. I, I want to read a little more into this. If we could, um, well, we have another class of directors being elected in 2022. So mm -hmm. um, the other five. So um, it's. It gets a little strange, but it looks like we're covered on elections. Um, but and obviously the affiliate vote, there's just no way to do that with the roll call vote uh, on a virtual situation. <clears throat> One of the things that I did throw into my analysis was um, we, we we were required to do by paper. But before I saw that piece, I looked at well, would a virtual platform allow for a a, a a facility for a secret ballot, and I don't. I don't. The ones I know about, I don't know if there's a way to uh, to do that. Um, I don't believe there's a way to do that. Uh, some of them have chat features that you can type in, but everybody can see it, so that's not really a secret ballot. So, uh, in a nutshell, um, our people. But even if even if we could have a secret ballot, we the way our constitution yeah, is written now, it, it's got to gotta be a paper. It's got to be a paper secret ballot. Yeah. Yep. Okay. So that's where we are with that. Um, our current uh, directors and BOP member, elected BOP members, um, you know, will continue to serve. 
um, and uh, and uh, we will have to take this up uh, probably over the next year. I think it's something that the Constitution and Bylaws Committee is going to need to uh, do some heavy analysis on and figure out the best way to move forward to uh, um, handle those positions. Uh, going All right. Forward. Thank you, Ray. And I'll make one more comment, and then if anybody has any questions for John and Ray, but um, but 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 basically, there, I, I wanted to uh, make sure that that everybody first was aware that this is our interpretation for our ACB uh, Constitution and Bylaws, and the fact that we are chartered in the District of Columbia. For those out there on ACB Radio. Uh, there, I believe, are many of our special interest affiliates that are chartered in the District of Columbia. So I would encourage you to maybe take uh, the opportunity and maybe even uh, avail yourself if, 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 if John and Ray and others would be willing to help, uh, that you may have to make sure and consider what your options are for electing your own officers and board of directors for your special interest affiliates, uh, depending on where uh, you are chartered. So keep that in mind. And then are there any board members that would like to ask any questions of John or Ray? Yeah, Dan, this is Doug. Okay, go ahead, Doug. Just, just a point of clarification. Um, are, are we as a board uh, able to entertain uh, bylaw uh, amendments to the Constitution and bylaws or resolutions during the period where we cannot have an annual meeting? No, because, well, Constitution and bylaws amendments we can't because that's they specifically had to be voted on by the, in the case of the Constitution, it's two thirds of the membership uh, present and voting at a convention. And in the case of bylaws, it's uh, a simple majority of the people voting at a, at a convention. Now, the resolutions, um, that's a little more gray to me, I think. Um, I'm certainly interested in Mark's opinion if there were something. That well, we I, the only thing I would say about that is because of our rules about, you know, any member has a right to it, to, to have their resolution heard, et cetera. Obviously, if we're not having a meeting, that sort of thing can't happen. But just remember that resolutions are nothing more, nothing less than a a written, uh, often too wordy, uh, you know, motion. <laughs> so any of us who are board members um, can certainly move uh, a you know make a motion in the form of a resolution. So if there was you know, Doug, just purely hypothetically speaking, a, you know, rehab related issue that needed to come to the board. Certainly that could be spelled out in the form of a resolution and that would be put to this board. The board would adopt it um, in that, in that same, in that same way. It's obviously not a statement of the full membership as a regular resolution would be, but there certainly is nothing that stops us as a board from adopting a, a, a like any other motion um a written statement just like the executive committee's motion tonight uh was written out we could do the same same kind of thing and do a do a, something in the form of whereas and and resolves um if there are issues that we think are pressing it would seem to me hmm. thank you mark any, any other questions for uh for ray or john 
I will make one other quick comment. There has been a lot of conversation on our leadership list about uh, looking at uh, virtual voting, uh, again, uh, remote voting. Uh, that's not a topic for this meeting tonight, uh, but we will have a telephonic Zoom ACB Board of Directors meeting three plus weeks from now on April 23rd. And I believe that will be an item that we will have on the agenda for discussion. So you can hold your thoughts on that particular item for a few weeks. And, uh, and I appreciate all the, um, the points of view that have been shared on leadership. Uh, next, uh, we're going to hear from uh, the ACB Radio Steering Committee and some of their good ideas from Jeff Bishop. And we also, I think, have Debbie Hazleton and uh, Jason on the call. Jason Castigay. Okay, I'll start it off and then hand it over to Debbie and Jason. And um, I, let, let me just first start by saying that uh, we are still working on the final technical details on this. I can tell you a little bit on how we foresee this uh, working and some of this may alter slightly, but the premise is pretty, pretty strong here. Um, we're, we're going to create a number of virtual rooms uh, using Zoom. And the number of, of those rooms is sort of still being determined by Janet. But uh, each Zoom room or Zoom account in this case will represent an activity. Um, and so when you register for an event, you'll be emailed <laughs> a link to a specific room or Zoom activity that you will be uh, able to attend. And then uh, it, things will proceed in that way. As far as general session is concerned, um, we're going to uh, create a Zoom room, just like we did before, just like you know, you would be in a ballroom. It's uh, mainly for those people who are presenting or conducting the the meeting. So presenters will come in and out of that room only, as well as those that are conducting the meeting. So the standard officers and the person conducting the meeting for the day, you know, those types of things. Questions that you may have for a, an individual speaker will be handled a number of different ways. And we're still kind of working out that, but we expect that you'll be able to submit those either via voice to a third party who will then get the information to the person that will read your question, or you'll be able to email or tweet to a specific account uh, where that information will be collected and organized and read at the time uh, that is appropriate during that activity. Uh, we're going to utilize probably all ACB radio streams for this activity, especially uh, mainstream uh, live and special event. And I expect that we're going to be using uh, interactive and uh, we're probably gonna end up using all of them. And there could potentially even be a possibility if we can technically manage it of spinning up a few extra streams to be able to broaden uh, our reach, but we're looking into that. So um, we'll, we'll just have to see. 
the the thing that we want to make sure hap that happens throughout this process is that the audio is clear, that it's a delightful listening experience. So we're making some tough decisions that may make it less interactive from a you know you speaking your actual voice in a specific situation, um, but we think it's going to be better for uh, everyone to have tighter control over the actual presentation of audio, especially during general session. Uh, this may not be as much of a problem when we get to things like the affiliates and, and things of that sort. Uh, but again, this is all in a, you know, a work in progress. And we have a, a great talented group of people who are working on helping with this strategy. We have a number of Zoom trainers who are part of a, of a group that we're assisting in managing each of the rooms that we'll be uh, using throughout the convention week. So uh, that's going to be a vital part of how this work will commence. And there'll be a number of people that will be streaming as well as editing content and getting it out to everyone as quickly as we can. So at this time, I'd like to uh, like to actually hand it to three different people if, if it's okay with uh, Dan. I'd like, okay, Jeff. Uh, yeah. Yep. Can you hear me? Yeah, I can yeah. hear you, Jeff. Yeah, we hear you. Oh, okay, you. great. Okay, I'd like to hand this off to, to three other, uh, other people. Um, first, we're going to hear from, if they have any additional comments to add, uh, Debbie Hazelton, Jason, and then Deb, Lewis, uh, as part of the Board of Publications, uh, wanted to give her an opportunity to speak to this too, if she, if you are willing to do that, Deb. And um, she's next on the she's next on the agenda too, Jeff. Which is so, perfect. Yeah. Which is yeah. perfect. Perfect. So, so Good we'll segue. Do, yeah. So yeah. what we will do is we will have uh, Debbie and Jason speak, and then Deb, you can, you know, go next and take it from there. So uh, Debbie Hazelton, you're up first. Hi, everyone. Thank you, Jeff. I just want to say that, you know, if you remember some of what I've done over the years with you all when I've had the opportunity, I've been a cheerleader. I've been all about, let's hear your voices. Let's have our spirit. Let's feel our community. And so even though I know this is hard and, and um, sad in a way, in a big way, I still see it as a huge opportunity for our organization to become even more all-inclusive. So I'm, I'm Janet, I am super proud of you and I'm really proud of everyone, how hard um, all of you who have been making these decisions have been working on this. And so I just think it's a great time in a way for ACB radio and a great time for our organization. And I think now there are, I wanna clarify one thing. There are two lists already going for Zoom in terms of learning. There is a trainer's list for those of us who will be working with you all in Zoom rooms or Zoom accounts. And there's another list, I think it's set up through our BITS affiliate that is for multiple people to be learning even more about Zoom. And we've been eager for this to happen for a while anyway in, um, in working with you more in affiliates and shows and all that kind of thing. So we're just really ramping it up and, and um, seeing this as a 
time to work even harder to make this happen. But I, I like what um, you're saying, Jeff, about different ways of working with the sound and um, so that we get the best possible sound. So we will be doing that. And um, thanks everyone. Uh, let me just stop my part for right now and turn it over to Jason, who's been streaming all night. Thank you, Jason. Oh, absolutely. Well, I want to say that um, um, everyone has been so well-spoken and I feel very excited about the energy um, regarding everyone's um, willingness to do a virtual convention. Uh, I know Debbie and I have talked about it and wondered what people would be feeling about it. And it, I mean, everyone on this call, it sounds like there's some pretty good spirit and we want to do it. And like Jeff said, and Debbie said, we want the quality to be enjoyable. And it's new to not only uh, all of us, uh, all of you, but it's new to all of us. So we're kind of learning as we go and, and things may change and more uh, options may become available as we learn. So um, it's all very exciting. And I thank you for the opportunity to speak. Thank you. We'll, we'll let Deb speak, and then we'll ask for questions uh, on either the ACB radio team or the Board of Publications. So go ahead, Deb. Okay, I'll try to segue this. And so, um, first of all, on the on the radio side, um, as has been mentioned, we are um, working with a selected group of people who will be um, supporting the project um, through Zoom and through other communication media. There was some mention earlier about the um, SASE folks and whether this was a good platform for them. We actually can do captioning through Zoom and the question will be how effective that is for our particular members. But uh, if that is an option we decide we want, we can do live captioning um, through Zoom and, um, and have that input directly. And, and it actually works pretty well for people who are comfortable with reading it in some form. So, um, and then there, of course, will be so many sessions that are parts of ACB radio, and those will be a little easier for people to participate in as well. So um, the other thing, um, I think, from the radio standpoint that, that I would just mention is that we definitely are, uh, as has been mentioned, uh, very much focused on trying to be really inclusive and really have the technical pieces of this down. To that end, we'll be helping the board get better the Zoom participating skills and <laughs> before we do this again so that we can have better audio quality here as well. Um, from the standpoint of the Board of Publications, um, this has been very, very interesting. Uh, you probably haven't thought about it a lot, but the Board of Publications works into the future so that you can have your magazines up here when they're supposed to, but that doesn't happen the night before. So in general, we're, um, we publish actually about uh, six weeks prior to the delivery date as far as where we close off the magazine. So you can imagine what a crazy life this has been for Sharon and for the Board of Publications as we've um, worked through this rather strange scenario where you have two two views of every world and uh, change that around. So um, uh, you've just received um, the April, I'm sorry, the yeah, the April edition um, just, just came out and um, uh, has fairly relevant and, and fairly pertinent uh, convention things for the most part. 
Um, but there was a lot of panic about what will we do in the May and June issues. And um, everyone actually helped us a lot by uh, not being too sure what we would do and not overcommitting. So um, we did some last minute editing of a few articles and some changes. And um, basically your May issue will be supporting our new format for the, uh, this year's format for the convention as, as will June. And so you'll have um, lots and lots of material there. One thing the uh, Constitution and Bylaws did was uh, struck down one of our customary events, which will be the uh, Candidates Forum. And um, so we won't be able to have one of those. And we actually had a wonderful new strategy this year for the um, town hall meeting that we were going to try to really um, sort of shake that up. But you got to wait now for 2021 for that one. But that means that we'll be able to um, request some extra workshops. And we had already planned as part of our convention <clears throat> contribution, whether we were live or whether we were remote, um, that we would be offering a variety of programs on, on Zoom and other technologies that um, affiliates and individuals might use. So while you're participating on these email lists and doing other things uh, right now, you can uh, get ready to um, participate in some learning. And we will uh, possibly be able to do some of those even ahead of the convention so that you're all more ready to um, participate in those ways as needed. And uh, so we're very excited actually about, about that and our engagement with um, the PR people and the radio people and all of the people that we're involved with. We will have a newspaper um, as we always have had, and um, at least we don't have to fill it up with those room changes this year. So um, that that'll be great. But we will have a um, we will have a newspaper. Um, we will have all the other things that we um, normally do. So um, we're we're real excited um, about about the prospect, and we're already underway with some of that planning. Thank you, Deb. So are any questions for Jeff, Debbie, Jason, or, or Deb? Um, yeah, one, um, one suggestion, Dan, this is Ray, and mm -hmm. I would suggest that um, <clears throat> I'm sure, uh, knowing these four individuals and the folks working with them, that there will be a lot of information, documentation, and some training mm -hmm. opportunities for folks maybe that mm -hmm. aren't as familiar with Zoom and how to Absolutely. use it. Do things and such. One thing I would suggest be set up is that there be a uh, help desk available that so if somebody runs into a problem that they have uh, an easy way to mm -hmm. call somebody and get some help. Yeah, there and, will be. Yep, we've yeah, we've already talked yeah. about that. Yeah. Right. and and the the uh, the electronic calendar will play an absolutely pivotal role this year, more so than ever in getting people to the right place at the right time. So if you, um, if you, you know, have been hesitant in the past to do that, it's going to be critical that if you can, that you take your, you know, take advantage of that because each calendar entry will have a, a, a Zoom link and accompanying phone number uh, to be able to get you into where you need to be. Thank you, Jeff. Uh, any other questions for the team? Yep. 
<clears throat> Mr. President. Yes, Dan this is, Dillon. This is Dan Dillon. A question for Jeff, and I think you may have already answered it, but I want to be sure. So somebody who doesn't even have a computer could participate in this virtual convention. Is that correct? Absolutely. That's correct. Okay. Thank, yes. thank you. They will probably need to call and get the information from a human, you know, the uh, phone number and the code uh, right. to be able to attend a, a room. But that but that will have to be the way we handle it. So I'm sure we'll put together, you know, volunteers that will take care of that. And uh, we'll work with Janet on uh, coming up with a strategic plan for that. Convention information desk. That's we'll right. have our virtual information desk. You got it. Yes. Good question, Dan. Any other questions? All right. Thank this, you so this much. Is Jeff. Oh, go ahead. Jeff. Uh, oh, I, yes, go ahead, Jeff. And I'm, I was away for 30 seconds, so I may have missed Janet. Um, do I assume correctly that, and I don't want to assume anything, uh, the April 6th registration information deadline, is that still in effect? What I'm doing, what I've done, Jeff, in fact, I just sent out an email to the people on the convention planning list, and I'm going to hold a series of conference calls several different times tomorrow um, so that we can talk about that. I am going to try to, I want to get as much information as I can by April 6th, because we do need to start working on the registration form and the program. But I understand you may need some time to work with your boards uh, and or committees, but we'll talk out. I'm going to talk with the planning committee members about that tomorrow. Okay. Thank you. Yep. I think the important thing to remember here that is that due to the change in the way that we will be doing this virtually, some of the registration information or even program information may change. So we're probably going to need another week or two before to allow people to, you know, respond to that. Right, Janet? Uh, Sorry, Dan, I had to, I, I, I keep muting and unmuting. Uh, yes, but I do want to get as much information in as Absolutely. quickly as I can Absolutely. so that we Absolutely. can get the Zoom rooms. And right. because the deadline was April, has been April 6th, it was March uh, 29th, I moved it to April 6th. So I think a lot of the affiliates already have most of their programming in line. So it's basically just for them to think about what programs will lend themselves to virtual convention and what they may need to save for another convention. Okay, Janet, um, while we're talking yeah. about that, I think uh, what might be useful is that we set up some uh, Zoom meetings over the next couple of weeks for affiliates to like a, like a meet and greet to talk about some of this with affiliates to make sure they understand exactly and, how this is going to work. Sure. And that's what, that's kind of what I'm doing tomorrow with all the affiliate plan committee planners, but yes, we can certainly set up some additional meetings. Okay. I would be happy to assist mm -hmm. with that. So if uh, we need to. don't, don't hesitate yeah. to uh, yep. call okay. on, call on us to assist with that. Okay. All right, Janet. Yes, Kim. And I just um, wanted to make a comment about sort of, um, and, and I, I suppose other people think this too, that I think that keeping in mind how um, human beings um, work as far as their attention spans and their ability to do virtual meetings um, is different. At least I, mm -hmm. I know my capacity for sitting um, in front of my computer listening to a webinar is different from sitting in a room 
listening to meetings. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think there, there's, there needs to be some, you know, some strategic thinking about, you know, what human beings can really take in, in chunks and, and scheduling things and not necessarily saying, well, we're going to do things from 830 to 12 and then one to four. And, you know, it, I think things need to be sort of different in scheduling because people just mm-hmm. can't really absorb a lot sometimes and and there's going to be different things going on and those kind of things and they'll make the same kind of choices but um I think there I think there it is a different kind of process and and my experience is generally you start to burn out a little and glaze over after about two hours of doing it you need and, sort of a break <laughs> so I'm just and I, und- that in I mind. understand that and that my as I said earlier you know my initial thought had been well maybe instead of doing just convention week we spread this out you know I kind of yeah. envisioned the summer of ACB mm-hmm. basically mm-hmm. where we you know kind of spread things out a little bit but then other you know other recommendations were that we try to fit this all into convention week. So, you know, this is something, again, this is all new. This is all, you know, something that we can. Right. Right. And I I think I would like to comment to say that not everything that people might have been planning is going to lend itself to being a virtual meeting. So we just have to. Although I I will comment that, that even at a actual physical convention, that if you, if you, participate all week, you come out exhausted and brain dead yeah. and collapse by the you end do. of that. <laughs> and, well, but, we but your feet don't I, I, I do think do it's different, and I think it's it'll different. be. It is. You know, I think yeah. people are going to treat it differently, and, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. I don't know that our members are all going to take vacation time to sit home and, and tune in to, um, you know, five days or eight days of conference programming. So I think there's a lot of things for us to think about and how we put it together. And, you know, as, as Jeff said, you know, if you can't make it during the day, there'll be, you know, rebroadcast and those kind of things. But, um, I'd like, you know, there's evening hours too. We could have things in prime time right. mm-hmm. and we could call like it, you know, that. some of the, the really cool stuff could, could be prime time instead of, right in the morning. So I think I, um, I think the thing to remember I here, though, what she just said, I think, I think the thing to remember here, yeah, I think the thing to remember here though, is that we have sponsors that we need to protect and Absolutely. that we need, that we need to make sure that we work around there. You know, if they had an expectation that they were going to be presenting on X date at X time, that they may have, that they may have, uh, scheduled around that. So we just need to make yeah. sure that we're cognizant of that and uh, making sure that, you know, that's accommodated for, but no, uh, I think as much flexibility and remember, we're going to be able to repeat a lot of this content as well as it's going to be uh, available for download. Um, we have a great production team that, that we now have available to us that I think will uh, be able to help us out this year. And I think you're going to see a lot of that content go up a lot quicker this year. Uh, so there's, there's some really great stuff, uh, that I think we're going to be able to do here. So, uh, I'm, I'm excited. I'm actually very energized about this opportunity. I'd like this to flow when Katie's I'd, done. And then I think we okay. had Katie and then Denise. So. And Debbie. So, and Debbie. Okay. And, and, and Janet. 
and, and Doug. Okay, uh, maybe it wasn't Denise. Maybe it was Debbie. I'm sorry. Okay, but go ahead, Katie. Um, no, so I think you know one of the things that the American Foundation for the Blind did. They canceled their conference that was going to be last week, and they're spreading the webinars out throughout. Like they're doing one or two a week. Uh, and I'm not saying that you know we need to follow that, but it's just again, it is another example and another model that as we begin to put some programming together and content together for the convention to to consider because to Kim's point, you know I'm I may not have the capacity or ability to sit at my computer for four hours or whatever. Um, so I think again, you know this is an exciting time for us to look at um, you know programming and how we can, maximize the the technology and help help meet as many of the needs of our sponsors and our members as as we can so that's all i'm sure there'll be more to come about this through uh email and other meetings to come that i'll be involved with so looking forward to it okay thank you katie and then i don't know if we had i think it may have been debbie hazelton and not Debbie. Mm -hmm. so go ahead yes. debbie yeah um i just want to it's kind of alternative and i can't speak for everyone I will say that the years that I did not go to convention, that I listened on ACB radio, I absorbed a lot more. I, I actually got even more out of it than I sometimes did when I was there in person. But I also want to suggest that there are alternative ways to listen. You know, when I attend Zoom meetings, I'm usually walking around the house with something wireless. I'm not sitting at a computer. So, you know, you can get on a treadmill, <laughs> which you can't always do at convention, and tune in to general session. It's not like having to sit at a computer. Music to Leslie's ears. That's right. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Um, you know, there are, and I'm not saying we should go 24-7, but at the same time, all this stuff is going to be archived, and there will be lots of ways to you know pick back up and have repeats and replays and all that kind of good stuff so i you know i i think that there are many ways that we can make this happen and um sitting in front of a computer the only time i would sit in front of a computer is if i'm running a zoom meeting or i'm actually streaming otherwise i'll be you know moving around quite a bit so thank you debbie thank we're going to hear from doug and then i think i'd like to end the conversation on this particular part because we're going to have lots of more time to brainstorm through our convention planning efforts and our ACB radio steering committees and those type of things. And we still have another big chunk of agenda items to get through with the uh, with the financial reports. So uh, go ahead, Doug. Thanks, Dan. Uh, two quick points. One is uh, at the convention, we have 15 minutes to move from one room to another. So I think that's probably a good idea to keep that cushion in place so that people can get up and walk around and get a snack or whatever they want to do and, and uh, you know, take that break. Um, the other thing is uh, um, Jeff suggested that uh, you might want to spool up extra streams. I'm concerned about that. I, you know, uh, people always you know, complain at the convention that they can't get to everything that they like to do and adding streams. I, I, now that we have the opportunity to add time rather than adding uh, rooms, uh, I think we ought to take advantage of that. Okay. Thank you for, for those good thoughts. Uh, next, I'm going to ask Cindy Van Winkle. Uh, she uh, shared a 
um, scholarship and award steering committee meeting that was held uh, last week. And the topic of uh, if we go with a virtual convention came up of how should we handle our scholarships, our um, DKM fellows, uh, uh, fellow awards, well as our DKM first timers, as well as just our general awards and our BOP awards. So, uh, Cindy, I would like you to kind of uh, give us an update on the thoughts from your steering committee uh, earlier uh, in the last sure. week. Sure. Thank you, Dan. Uh, one of the things that we thought that uh, if we did go to a virtual convention, that all awards could still be presented. Uh, through the virtual means, and uh, and that scholarship recipients uh, would be could be invited to attend our next face-to-face -face convention, as well as the DKM first timer and fellow awards winners. Uh, so they would still have the opportunity to be recognized this year, receive their awards. Uh, and then have opportunity to attend a face-to-face -face convention, or you know, an in-person convention in 2021. Right, and, and and this wouldn't impact. We would still do our complete set of scholarships for 2021, Absolutely. as well as our DKM uh, yes. fellows. Yeah, we would just pass along those. Uh, you know, funding for those to the next year. So we wouldn't be spending that money this year to send those people to this convention because there isn't one and mm -hmm. instead would, uh, you know, move that to next year in addition to uh, existing, those, those existing awards again next year. Okay. Thank you, Obviously, Cindy. They would not receive the awards twice. Right, they would just right, right, right. They they would receive yeah. them this year virtually, but they would yeah. be able to participate in the convention next year. Of as course, well for the DKM folks, they would still get to participate in the reception and and all of those wonderful things, as well and as the probably the scholarship the winners would get to participate in their receptions as well. Yeah, right. And the monetary gifts, of course, would be awarded. Uh, the financial scholarships would be awarded to scholarship winners this year. Um, but, but again, they would be invited to attend next year. Okay. All right. All right. Thank you. Thank you. Mm -hmm. All right. So we've heard from uh, a lot of our different committees here. I do have an item F, which is, are there any, any other committees we haven't heard from or folks that just have anything they would like to say related to the virtual committee, uh, virtual convention? And then I think we should, uh, we need to take a vote. I have a question. Yes, go ahead, Dan. Uh, yes. I know, um, <clears throat> I'm sure with many of the awards that we're going to um, obviously recognize the folks and send them their award plaques and stuff, but one in particular, because sometimes there are surprises, is uh, life memberships. So how are we, have we done any thinking about how we might handle that? I think they may be hard to make surprise lifetime membership awards this year. I don't know. We can maybe be creative, but we've kind of got to have that person where they could, you know, 
be on the Zoom where they could make well, the, uh, well the the one that the one that I may be involved in and you know about it. I think uh-huh. I think that one will be listening anyway, so I don't think we'll have an issue. Uh, yeah. Okay. Well, we'll we'll we can we can think about it. Yeah. We'll we'll try to figure that out. Yeah. All right. Okay. Thanks, Dan, Dan, this is Donna. If Hi, you're Donna ready Brown. for if you're yes. ready for other committees. Okay. Sure. Go right ahead. I, I'm just going to be brief. Um, so. You know, at, at the ACB leadership, we focused our walk presentation on virtual walk. We did not have any idea that this would really actually happen for everybody. <laughs> so um, we are still planning to do a, a walk, of, uh, but it, it will be virtual. And um, we were kind of thinking that really my affiliates, maybe who would not have been involved, really might get involved Um some, you know, had to cancel conventions, and many have auctions at their conventions, and and now are missing out unless they're doing a virtual auction, but are missing out on that fundraising opportunity. So this might give them another opportunity to, you know, raise a little bit of funds for their affiliate. Um, but there'll be more information. The walk committee, we've got to get our creative juices flowing and put it together. But anyway, so that's our plan. Ah, thank you, Donna. I appreciate it. That's good. This thought. is Jeff. I'll Go be ahead, briefer. Yeah. Um, but Leslie, as you have heard, and I'm I'm talking on behalf of um, Leslie Spoon and the auction committee, there will be a virtual auction. We may have to change some of the timing around in terms of getting donations and such. And we're going to be meeting soon, and we'll get information out to everyone about the the timing for um, all the uh, requirements that pertain to the summer's auction. Thank, Thank you. you, Jeff. Thank you. All right. I'm going to go ahead and ask if somebody can make a motion to approve a virtual 2020 ACB conference and convention without an annual membership business meeting. So moved. I, Denise seconds. So David moved and Denise seconded. Uh, is there any discussion? Hearing none, all those in favor signify by saying aye. 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 Opposed? Denise, uh, please uh, identify in the minutes that it passed unanimously. And I thank the officers and board of directors for this uh, exciting and challenging decision. We are going to have a lot of work on our hands over the next 90 days, but we are going to be proud of what we accomplish, and our membership will be very proud of what we accomplish. I think it's, I think we're up to the challenge. Uh, this this group can do it, and I believe we can show other organizations. Sometimes it doubt the capabilities of blind and visually impaired people. What an all-volunteer um, blind convention team can do to host one heck of a convention. So thank you all very, very much. Next, uh, last, next, almost last item on the agenda is we really agenda item number eight. Uh, we need to 
review the financial impacts of the coronavirus. Uh, as we walk through this, we've not only had to worry about the convention, but we've had to worry about our uh, financial impacts. Uh, as, as we know, there's been a significant reduction in the stock market. Uh, we have to worry about donors, uh, sponsors, and so I really wanted to take a few minutes uh, for us to really keep in mind our fiduciary responsibilities as a board. And uh, in that, to that, um, to that end, I've uh, want to have us talk a little bit about several of our financial impacts here. So first, the investment committee uh, met last Thursday. And I would like to introduce David Trott to uh, give us an update on where we stand uh, with our different uh, endowment funds uh, uh, at this point in time. So David Trott, ACB Treasurer. Thank you, Dan. And I actually have fairly good news compared to what it could have been uh, because I'm always the guy that looks at the thing from the worst possible scenario so I had looked at it as we'd be down a half a million dollars and we're not uh, fortunately that's thankful to the investment committee and the board of directors a couple of years ago if you recall we came to you and asked you to allow us to change the guidelines to give our investment people the ability to move our money around as long as they stayed within the criteria that we set up. Uh, prior to that, they had to ask us to move stuff and it, it really was a delay that didn't need to be there. And it really saved our butt this time, folks. It, it, it did a, uh, a good thing for us. Uh, to give you an example, uh, because the stock market's been up and down, so it's changing pretty much daily. Uh, since we met, it's probably been mostly good, but uh, our board reserve is that a little over 1.4 million, which is pretty much in line. It's, it's not too far off. And so I'm telling you that because we're going to be asked to open up um, and give Nancy some more leadway on what she needs to move from the market. And a lot of our, uh, some of our money, not a lot, but a good bit of it is in cash reserves. And uh, they're going to advise us on what we need to move and what we need to do. Uh, it's a great group of people. They've done an excellent job for us. Uh, all of our other uh, investments, the legacy endowment and that kind of thing, all this stuff is in land. So, you know, it's not great. It could be better, but uh, we had a good year last year and we're really in good shape this year. So we, we did make a good decision. I want you to be proud of that. Uh, when we opened it up and then to move our money around, because we could not have reacted fast enough during this thing the way it used to be. So they really saved us quite a bit of money. And like I said, I want to reiterate before you look at what Nancy asked for later or what we moved to do as a board, uh, the board reserves right now is at 1.4 million. So that's what we operate with and we're fortunate to be there. I think unless anybody has any questions, Dan, that's it. All right. Thank you, David. So, so Any questions Dan, for David? Dan? Yes, little, Michael, can, go ahead. Can I add just a little bit to what, what David was saying? Just to put it in perspective, uh, when you look at the, the performance 
of our funds versus the performance of the market, uh, our funds basically outperformed on the downside. And that's because we were conservatively invested in the way it's structured. So we are not only conservatively, but defensively. And that we purposely put that in our uh, in, in investment policy statement to protect ourselves uh, in, in markets like these. And uh, our, our, as David said, our, our, our professionals did a great job in getting us in the right uh, investments. So we've done a, done a pretty good job. Yes, I think we were all pleasantly surprised to see that the uh, uh, board reserve had held up quite well. I think we might have been at like, I don't know, 1,600,000 and something thousand at its peak. But, uh, you know, so we're, we're, we're down, uh, you know, maybe 200,000, which is like 14%. 200,000 is a whole lot of money to me. And it's a whole lot of money to ACB. But, you know, considering the market is down, you know, had been down 25, 35%. And, and, these numbers that we had reported to us were, I think, as of the market close on Wednesday. So I think it's actually probably even in better shape now. Uh, so that's where our board reserve is at. Um, Michael, I, I would like you now to give us uh, uh, ACBES, our thrift stores store board, uh, met on Friday. And um, could you... Pr- Give us uh, kind of a best and worst case scenario of where we sit with our thrift stores for uh, 2020. Sure, Dan. Thank you. Uh, it, it it probably comes to no surprise that we've had to close our stores. Uh, as of last Tuesday evening, we had to close the Lubbock store. The mayor of Lubbock uh, ordered a stay-at-home for Lubbock, so we had to shut that store down. Uh, it, it was doing uh, as as can be expected. It wasn't doing as well as we would have liked because everybody was, uh, you know, kind of staying at home anyway. But uh, still, a pretty representative month, uh, abbreviated month. Uh, and then, as of close of business today, we had to. I shut the Amarillo store down. Uh, also, uh, you know, wasn't it, it wasn't doing as we had, as we had expected. But uh, given the circumstances, I I looked at what they have done so far this month as being a positive compared to what it had been doing in past years. So it's still a still a, a good shape. I, I like what we're doing with our managers and and the way that they. Uh, have rallied the, the employees, and so we're doing, doing pretty good business. To give you some perspective on on the Amarillo situation, they they got the announcement this morning. Uh, as of yesterday, they had 18 cases in Amarillo. They woke up this morning; they had 30. So the the mayor uh, immediately said, "Hey, let's let's uh, put in a stay-at-home uh, order." What that means for ACBES uh, in terms of our budgeted projections is that we we, we have several scenarios uh, for the year, uh, and they range from a loss of $10,000 to 
a, a, a contribution, a positive contribution of 70,000, that's seven zero, uh, as opposed to our, our original budget of 337,000. But uh, remember, uh, we, we, we're under some very uh, trying times. Now, but let me interject here that there could be uh, you know, a little better than we expected uh, uh, happening in the second half of the year. Let's let's assume, and I'm just assuming. I'm being positive and I'm being optimistic. Let's assume that uh, things get started uh, in in the second half of the year. Usually, that's the time when we do our best uh, job is in the second half of the year, especially uh, especially in August. September, October, those are usually our really good months. So there, there is, there is, there's hope that we could do a little bit better than we have been. As we go forward now, we are slated to at least have the stores closed in the months of April and May. So we're expecting no revenue in those two months, but we will incur expenses to that end, we we will be asking uh, ACB for s some cash to meet those expenses. But I hasten to add that over the last uh, at least two years, the excess cash that has come through the store operations have been moved to ACB. So we have been a cash contributor especially in those months when uh, uh, revenues at ACB are slim. So, so ACBES has been uh, a significant contributor to, to, to the overall uh, budget for ACB. And I'll close with this point. Uh, we talked a lot about uh, caring for each other, caring for, for our, our members and, and thus the decision that we've been that we've made uh, if you if you've listened to me in the past you know that my heart is always with uh, our employees that work for us at ACBS and and uh, we've had to uh, shut the stores and I've we we've need to do something for our employees and I think some of the information that Tony will share share with us will give us an idea of what we might be able to do we're working on developing what we can do for our employees these people come to work for us uh, they've done a, a great job uh, in the, especially in the past several years and I think that we owe it to it to look out for them to care for them uh, just like we care for all of our, our, each of our members. My prayer is that we all will come out of this uh, even more caring, and, and, and this whole experience will bring us even closer together. Thank you, Dan. Thank you, Michael, and, and I appreciate that report. I know it's, it's sobering news, but we are, we're trying to do the right thing for the communities, for our employees, and keep in mind the long-term health of this. This is not going to last forever. It's going to last for a period of time. But it does look like this is going to create a 
fairly significant financial impact for 2020, as Michael's sharing with us. We had budgeted $380,000 for the thrift stores this year. The kind of the optimistic view right now is a plus 70,000, and the downside is a minus 10. So we may we're looking at a three to four hundred thousand dollar impact in in net revenue from from our thrift stores for this year. So um, next, uh, I want to turn it over to uh, Nancy Becker uh, to give us an overall view of our financial impacts. Uh, we talked a little bit about the convention tonight, and we've also now talked about the thrift stores and where we are with our um, endowment and board reserve funds. And then uh, the second part of this item that we added is we're going to have Tony then give us some background on potential loan slash grant money that is available through the recently passed CARES legislation that was passed by Congress and approved by the president, I believe, on Friday. So it's, it's that new. So um, please, uh, Nancy. Uh, love to get your report. Thank you, Dan. Um, ACB has put financial policies in place, so we would be prepared for a situation just like this. I have reviewed the budgeted revenue expenses for April, May, and June to see where cash flow adjustments would need to be made in light of COVID-19. If it was likely that ACB would receive the projected revenue, I included it in our cash flow. If it was not likely, I left it out. Some of the areas I assessed was convention sponsorships, thrift store net profit, and any funding sources that might be affected. Sponsorships are an important revenue source for ACB. We have already received payments from a group of sponsors, are scheduled to receive payments from some over the next 90 days, and any potential sponsors who may not be able to support ACB this year. Another cash flow source is ACB thrift stores. As you have already heard from Michael, both Amarillo and Lubbock are closed for the time being. While they are closed, we will need to we will need cash to continue paying for occupancy related expenses. Based on my analysis of cash flows, we we will need from April until June, ACB will need an additional $285,000 to meet operating expenses. Dan, do you want me to go into the next part of it or do you want Tony to talk first? Uh, let's let Tony talk first and then we'll go into the, uh, the, the motion uh, for authorization. So Tony, if you could... Uh, uh, Tony has been working hard all weekend to uh, to uh, look into uh, new legislation that uh, you know is thousands of pages. So, Tony, we appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you, Dan, Mr. President, members of the board. Um, I think folks that know me though know that there's nothing more I enjoy than reading through legislation on the weekend. There's that part of me that you still can't take away um, from <laughs> from days of yore. Uh, to that end, I'll try to be brief, knowing that it's late on the evening. Thanks everybody for all the information prior. Uh, what I wanted to share and what Dan wanted me to share following the meeting that ACBS uh, committee had on Friday as well, where we discussed in great detail, and I'd be happy to discuss further in greater detail uh, anytime during the week if folks have questions. Uh, folks were probably very well familiar with the $2.2 trillion piece of legislation that the president signed into law uh, last Friday. 
a large pieces of that are still working through. There are some positive thing around charitable deductions, but one very positive area that could provide a potential bridge for us, uh, as well as provide uh, financial support through a loan that would essentially be written off as a grant is through the Small Business Administration, what's called the Payroll Protection Program loans that are now authorized for SBA. They have over $300 billion to give uh, for nonprofits, small businesses, other concerns that have under 500 employees around the country that have been extremely hit during these hard times of the crisis, particularly around layoffs or particularly around the situations uh, as discussed on a larger level uh, in Amarillo and Lubbock, uh, where the situations are uh, back again, uh, sort of an act of God, a force majeure, as it were. Uh, the programs, as they stand, allow up to $10 million. Essentially, there are formulas uh, for nonprofits or small businesses to where it's uh, coverage of payroll expenses, salaries, operating expenses such as rent, utilities, uh, and, and the like, uh, up to, uh, you know, it's recommended two, two and a half times what the base was, in a sense, for the prior year is sort of the bar that's being set. Um, <clears throat> but organizations and nonprofits such as ourselves essentially are now eligible to apply for these emergency loans uh, under the PPP uh, grant uh, loans uh, that will be allowed. Uh, the way that essentially they work is you have six months uh, deferred for paying your first uh, installments on the loan. Um, but also if you are able to retain employees, which is the key part for the loan uh, to encourage people to, to not let folks go terminally uh, in a sense of letting them go uh, into out of the labor market out of their jobs. Um, if you're able to, to retain your employees uh, within certain parameters on dates and et cetera within the, the bill, uh, you're able to be forgiven on your debt. So, uh, you know, the numbers that Nancy uh, theoretically had said prior, uh, we should be able to apply for such a loan in these circumstances. They have expanded the number of lenders who can provide these loans. And uh, we are currently looking into those options and opportunities uh, in Lubbock. Uh, and Amarillo now as well. Uh, one of the things we also discussed, uh, you know, that, that Michael also raised is, I mean, it's important in these two cities, primarily because the employees, but also the people in those cities have really been giving back. And, and the idea of how can we bring back the employees to work, even if the store may be closed, are there ways that we could try to find, because uh, we are a nonprofit, uh, ways to maybe help the community and how could we be a service in the community as well? So we're looking at ways in which perhaps these stores could even be uh, by way of uh, making, uh, you know, the charitable donations that come in. Can we find ways in the inventory that we have that's just sitting there um, after sitting there for a certain amount of time uh, to be given to folks in need in the community as well or some of the conversations we've had? Uh, that's a sidebar conversation, I'll say. Um, but primarily, uh, the focus is, uh, you know, at a minimum, uh, loan opportunities that can bridge us to when the market will, will move back up. Uh, good news that David had provided there earlier in terms of the performance, but still be able to give us a better opportunity for the markets to improve uh, in any conversations as to if money would uh, therefore need to be pulled. If these loans are able to be secured, you know, it would give us time, essentially a bridge. Um, but assuming that we are also able to meet the standards of the loan uh, in retaining employees and, and all the other criteria, essentially the loans at that point would become a grant. Uh, and which could provide substantial support uh, during sort of the crisis and hard times that we'll face. Uh, it is set from February 15th was sort of the initial start date, uh, knowing that in, in legislation was enacted uh, just the other day, uh, and go through June 30th. So this is 
you know, one of uh, probably other legislation that's, that will be forthcoming, um, but right now everyone's radar is focused to get us through uh, June 30th in terms of the support that the Small Business Administration can do to help ourselves and so many other nonprofits in the country. So, and I now turn back to you, Nancy and Dan. And Tony, if I understand, because truly even our ACB headquarters in Minneapolis offices are, are, are small businesses that are non-for-profit. So we may even be able to find relief in our, um, you know, we've done a wonderful job of keeping all of our staff employed and contractors. There may even be uh, potentially some relief there that it's worth the, you're, And you're right. Yeah. The criteria is that, that you've, you know, in the forgiveness part is being negatively impacted. I think it's fair to say that the stores are one of our obviously largest, strongest revenue streams, as well as the convention. I mean, it's it's like many nonprofits, uh, you know, the conventions remain. And while we've been fortunate with our corporate sponsors that have been committed to us thus far, um, it's still a great sense of uncertainty in this time. And so uh, that, in addition to just even the hit that we took, 14% or so with our investments, um, shows, I think, that there's been a, a substantially negative impact to us as a result of the of the novel coronavirus. And, uh, you know, while it's most immediate for our employees, uh, you know, this goes through June 30th uh, in terms of the application as well. Um, we can also look at it as an option as well to help cover offsets and costs um, as we continue to work hard in both Minneapolis and Alexandria to support the organization. Very good. Um, okay. And then, Nancy, did you have anything else to report before we get to the, um, the motion for authorization? I do. I do. Okay. So when I was talking a little bit ago, I talked about needing an additional $285,000 to meet operating expenses. So at the 2019 fall board meeting, it was approved that the 34,900 would be withdrawn from the legacy account and would be used for operating expenses. So I will be withdrawing those funds from that account in the next couple of days. Then at the 2020 February board meeting, ACB's board approved me to withdraw up to $150,000 from our reserve investment account if needed to meet operating expenses. So far, I have withdrawn about $50,000 in the last month. I'm requesting authorization to be able to withdraw up to $150,000 of additional funds if needed for operating purposes. I would be continually reviewing the funds in our bank account, only withdrawing funding if necessary to meet operating expenses. I would move, this is Ray, I would move that uh, we give the chief financial officer the uh, authorization to withdraw up to 150,000 as she has uh, laid out. Second. Second. Thank you, Ray. Do it. Who seconded? Mark. Mark. Oh, Mark, okay. Mark hey, and this is David. Yes, go ahead, David. Discussion. Go ahead, David. Um, I would like to ask Ray as a friendly amendment if he would open that on up to 175000 And I'd like to give you my reason for that before we go forward. Back in 2011, uh, Nancy's predecessor had to move money in an emergency situation, which he couldn't legitimately do because of our guidelines. Uh, she has been very very fiscally responsible so far and i think we would really be remiss if we if we stop with exactly what she thinks she needs and let's open it up a little bit more 
in case, you know, some emergency comes along. We're talking about $25,000 more in the scheme I, of things. I, 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 Mr. Treasurer, I have no problem with that. That's fine. Okay, so friendly amendment in this. Mark, you're good on the second? Yep, okay. Fine, of course. So now the motion, thank you, David, is for uh, authorize, authorization for $175,000. Mr. Chair? Uh, yes, go ahead. This is Denise. I just have a quick question. Oh, hi, Denise. Yes. So this is an additional 175000 over and above the 150000 we already have authorized. That's yes. correct. We we okay. had a hundred of yeah. that left, so the hundred of that plus this one seventy five would be two seventy five okay. plus the thirty four nine from from uh, from the uh, leg legacy endowment. Legacy so that would yeah. give yeah. overall a little over three hundred thousand. And Nancy said she needed two eighty five. So yeah, yeah. Okay, thank you. Okay. Question, All right. Dan. You yeah, go ahead, Doug. Um, does uh, Tony know have any idea? It, when we could expect if you know if if the um if we get a grant or you know if we get loans and and, and or grants from the federal government do we have any idea what the timeline is on that i think i think we're just in the beginning process of that tony are doing tony and i are going to start talking about this tomorrow Yeah, I would hope, you know, uh, Nancy's analysis was for the next three months. I, I would hope that given the, the BDC that they're looking for with this, that we would hopefully three months would take us April, May, June, that we would get something, uh, you know, hopefully by, by, by the June timeframe. I don't know that we know, but the good thing is we have some more, we have another board meeting scheduled for April 23rd, and I will uh, we'll definitely have on the agenda for uh, Nancy and, and Tony to give us an update at that meeting. But, but they, Tony, do you have an answer to Doug's question? Do you have any idea when they expect to, to actually remit the funds? So SBA is working now on on implementing it. My understanding is they're they're looking to do a very fast rollout of it, um, and uh, lenders are already being sort of set up uh, in terms of that. I know that uh, you know the, the the concern is to get cash in the hands of small businesses as fast as they can. That was the intent of the law, so it should roll out pretty quickly. Uh, they've they've removed a number of the criteria that's usually necessary for seven A loans. I think in some sense to expedite and to make it easier for folks to move in more quickly uh, to get the money that's needed. Uh, and what what is a, a time sense is the application can take up to 60 days on the back end um, in terms of having that loan forgiven. Uh, but that should fall well within, you know, any time frame that would have us in a six month uh, where the deferred payments uh, on that loan would be. So there's, you know, a, sort of a timeline on the back end of, them canceling the debt, as it were, through the lenders um, in lines with the criteria that the law sets forward. Um, but yeah, that's the, that's the only timeline that was specifically spelled out. All right. Oh, I'm you. sorry, one, one more point of information. We did not put a, a, a timeline on the 175,000 that uh, would be available for Nancy, is that correct? No, I don't think so. I mean, we'll continue to monitor it, but we've we've given her authority till till basically till further notice. Okay. And Dan, yep. could I could I say yes, something? David. 
we have to leave that open, Doug, because she doesn't have the authority to move a dollar unless we yep. give it to her. No, I, I, we, no that, yeah, that's we, appropriate. That's I, wait I just 14 days to meet. So that's why the amount is what it is, because the board has to have 14 days notice before they can meet. Understood. No, that's fine. I just, uh, with the uncertainty about the SBA loans and that kind of thing, I think it was appropriate not to have a like a three month deadline or something like that. So I, 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 I'm, I'm happy that we don't. Okay, good. And, and Dan, right. one more thing on the SBA loans before we vote. Um, yes, Dave. The advantage to getting one of those, even if we had to pay it back, it would still be better on us than moving more money from the market. Amen. It gives us time for the market to recover. That's right. Yeah. yeah. All right. Uh, Mr. President. Here, go ahead, Jeff. Yes. Uh, yeah, very quickly. I, I hesitate to ask anything of staff because they do been doing so much, but um, you know, there are affiliates that have employees and it might be worth an informational call or documentation um, from staff to help uh, those of us in, in the affiliates to learn about the loan grant program. As soon as we get more information, Jeff, I'd be happy to talk with any of the affiliate. Um, Great. Thank you. You know, staff that any of the affiliates have. Could be one of those famous community chats. We can get Cindy to put it on the calendar. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, goody. Very, yeah. All right. Um, hearing no more discussion, all those in favor of the motion signify by saying aye. 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 Opposed? All right. Thank you very much. All right, we're almost done. Uh, item number nine is, is are there any other, go ahead. Before you move to item number nine, I think you need a motion to authorize uh, application for loans from the SBA. Thank you, Jim. I would thought about that and then I, I completely agree. So Jim, I could you please motion. make such a motion? Okay. Second. Second. Okay, and Denise seconded. So the motion is authorizing um, American Council of Blind staff to apply for all uh, small Available. business administration loans where appropriate. Very good. Okay. And Jim has made the motion. Denise has seconded. Any other discussion? Hearing none, all in favor signify by saying aye. 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 Opposed? All right. Thank you. Thank you, Jim. Very good catch. Appreciate that. Uh, Mr. President. Yes, Jeff. Uh, point of information. Uh, wanted to let people know that uh, tonight we have had over 320 people tuned in to the board meeting. Oh, wow. Wow. Yeah. wow. Oh, wow. 252 on mainstream. 67 on live event. Now that's uh, that was a little while ago. I think some of our East Coasters have vanished, but uh, <laughs> that's what we took. Right right right. So I just wanted yeah, to. Yeah, we had people on. Uh, I bet we had people on the Echo and in phone and other yeah. things as well. Oh, that yeah. is so awesome. That's amazing. Uh, all right, well, Jason that, and that does not count audio now. Thank you. That yeah. does not count audio now. Uh, Boy. 
but it does count anybody connecting on the echo on the echo as that would be seen as a connection so oh, good okay. uh, that's good to know does that count acb yeah. link jeff yes that count be link as well which that was released today and we sent out push yeah. notifications uh-huh. about that as well posted on twitter too yeah. all right now item number item number nine on the agenda is any other comments questions concerns from our board members related to the uh, <clears throat> coronavirus and uh, the decisions we've made tonight mr president <clears throat> yes right. um, i would just first of all i'd just like to say that uh, uh when the government passed that big stimulus uh a huge amount of weight come off my shoulders because uh Working in the airline industry, I was obviously very scared uh, for my position, and United told us that they're not going to have to do any involuntary stuff until September, at least until September. We're we're good. We're going to be helped out until September, so very happy about that. Um, but um, I really just want to echo the what you said earlier, Dan, about in the mission moment about the amount of stuff that has happened. I really, early on, I really felt that this was going to be something that, you know, there was so much that was being said about social distancing and, you know, don't touch this and don't touch that. And I, I thought early on, I said, you know, we really have to, we as ACB need to be a forum for people who are blind to, react to this with our peers and uh, understand it and how it affects us and all these different things that that we have to deal with and um i just really uh, agree with you that the way that this organization has we've done ourselves proud uh and we're continuing to do ourselves proud by making more opportunities available uh, to this, um, to our, our folks. And I think the second thing I'd say, and I'm sure all of you agree is that, uh, I continue to be just very impressed with all of you and working with all of you as members of this board. This was a heavy meeting tonight and the seriousness with which we all took the charge that we had and, you know, worked through it in our minds and in our thoughts and discussions and, and this was this is something that uh, uh, someone as I heard someone say the meeting that no board should ever want to have, but we had it and we handled it well and professionally. And I just think we owe ourselves a huge pat on the back for how we've handled this. So so thank you. Oh, thank you, Ray. Uh, any anyone else with comments, concerns, or questions? Everybody's probably about exhausted. <laughs> this, right. this is, and I just want, go ahead, Janet. Yes, I just wanted to say one thing. I will now that this meeting is over. I will go ahead and send information out to the uh, ACB convention announce list and to leadership, uh, letting them know what the decision has been, and that much, much more information will come out over the next days, weeks, months. Mm-hmm. All right, Dan. Thank you, Kim. Yeah. Go, go ahead, Kim. Yes. And I just was wondering if um, Eric or Kelly or Katie or the the public awareness team, um, if there's a yes. kind of an official release in the works that would go sure. out 
There will be something Under... that will go out tomorrow around lunchtime. Perfect. Mm -hmm. Okay. Do you okay. want me to wait then, Eric? Yeah. Um, I think that would be good, Janet. I think it'd the, be good. But I, I yeah. do too. Yeah. I think yeah. it should be an official announcement. All right. I mean, That's there's fine. already a, a bunch of people who have, you know, got on lists and said, Right. The convention's canceled and all that kind of stuff. So, you know, that kind of stuff's going to happen. But right. I think sure. the announcement that happens should be an official announcement. Mm -hmm. And then and then we follow up with, you know, yep, the business I'll... that we have to transact and do what we have to do. Uh, you know, we're on it. May I ask a question? Together, and Eric and his team planned that out today. So now I did already send something out to the convention planning list oh, and to no, my fine. convention no, committee. Okay. But I, I will wait for anything. Official, okay, and then post it to the convention announce list. Thank you, Miss President. Who who was that? Uh, Jeff Bishop. Yeah. Jeff, okay. Uh, Jeff, do you, you sounded do you, a little uh, a little tipsy there. Go ahead, Jeff. <laughs> no, 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 what? No, I'm I think fine. it was I'm bandwidth. The audio. No, not, yeah. Bandwidth. yeah. No, <laughs> I, I, I'm sitting here Damn. doing great, man. I'm awesome. You know, so are you. Good. Uh, black all of, all of us are, all of us are awesome. We've been on here for three hours. That's been great. I know. So um, can, can I just want to ask three hours. I'm do, half asleep. <laughs> I don't know what's going on. Do uh, do do we have authorization to post the uh, board uh, recording to the ACB Radio website as well as to the podcast feed uh, tomorrow morning? Most certainly. Most certainly. Okay. I just want to make sure because I think it's you know good information to get out there. Mr. Yep. President, this is Tony. Okay, go ahead, Tony. Yes. Just for clarification for Janet, you were just CC'd in an email, Janet, that had some draft text uh, along with others uh, from our uh, meeting we had this afternoon. So, um, but that's draft text. It's not yet green lighted, but just FYI. So, thanks, feel Tony. Weigh, feel free to weigh in anything, any ideas. Thanks, everybody. I will. Thanks, Tony. All right. Well, thank you. I will turn it over to Eric for any uh, final closing comments. We got a lot done tonight. Holy cow! Um, <laughs> uh, no, I um, I don't know that I've got a lot new to say that hasn't been said. But uh, it's a privilege to work for this organization, and uh, we uh, we're going to get through this this uncertain period of time, and we'll come out on the other end, and we'll we're going to be just fine. And uh, you know, uh, me and my team are are here to to do the work, the day-to-day -day stuff, and to help in any way we can. So, you know, uh, blessed to have a lot of people that are a lot smarter than me that, that work with me, and, uh, you know, go ACB. You betcha. Thank you, Eric, and I, I want to echo those those same sentiments and comments. I, I'm so proud of our organization, of our board, uh, these were very hard decisions and conversations that we had to have tonight. Uh, everybody stepped up and did an absolutely outstanding job. And I am just, uh, I'm sad about having to cancel our physical convention in Schomburg, but I'm excited about what I think this team is going to be able to generate uh, for a virtual convention, the crown convention. So thank you all so much. And uh, everybody, let's have a good evening and thank you. And appreciate I move we adjourn. In here. Do I have everybody be safe. Ray, from Jeff and Jeff. All those in favor, signify by saying hi. Hi. I'm not even going to ask about a good Have a good evening. Great work, everyone. Hi, everybody. Great good night, job. everyone. Bye bye. <laughs>
Good night. Good night. <laughs>